This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This veteran shout is brought to you by HHA USA. Uh, go to uh, org and check out the Operation HHA USA. Let's see. I just messed that up. This one's submitted by Larry Buckle, and the veteran is Michael Seelman. He was in the Army. says, uh, my wife's uncle, Michael Seelman, was a great man who had utmost integrity. He received a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star in Vietnam. He was a great hunter, but mostly really enjoyed trapping. He became the president of the Trapping Association in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I want to once again thank him for what he did to allow us to do what we do every day. Sorry, I missed that one too. Unfortunately, we lost him too soon to cancer. Miss you, Uncle Mike. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, thanks, thanks for your service, service Michael. Mike. And, uh, yeah, no kidding. Sounds like a badass. Easy, brother. Yeah. yeah. And trapping, huh? That's cool. He's Very president cool. of the trapping. That's insane. Yeah. Trapping seems so difficult. Dude, it's intimidating know, to me. I don't know anything about it, but I just, I respect the shit out of it, you know? Yeah. Like, but it, it seems like you have to have three times as much time than, like, bow hunting to do trapping. Because don't you have to trap? Check your traps every single day. Oh, yeah. You should, yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Not for me, but I respect the <laughs> hell out of it. Cool. Thanks for your service, yep, Uncle thanks Mike. Thanks for your service. Thanks for spending that, Larry. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. The podcast is presented by Elite Archery. We've been shooting Elite for a long time. Uh, proudly made in America, if Mark, that matters to you. It should. Um, USA. We challenge you to take the shootability challenge with Elite. Go to a local dealer, find a dealer that carries Elite, and just give one a try. You might love it. We love them. And, uh, That's all we ask. We think you'd enjoy it, too. So right. check out EliteArchery.com. Use code WCB there. Pretty easy. Um, the podcast is also brought to you by Big Time. And Big Time, if you live in a state that offers supplemental feed, they have that. And they have food plot <clears> seeds. <throat> so something for everyone. Use code WCB2021 to save yourself some coin on some good stuff for your deer. Cha-ching. Or You're going to like it. Or whatever animal. I guarantee eat. it. I guarantee it. That's all. What's that? You're going to like the way your buck looks. Um, I guarantee it. I see what you're doing. Yeah, see like that? The podcast is also brought to you by loophole optics 
Very proud of that partnership. We love Loophold, based out of Beaverton, Oregon. That's right. Great people, great products, uh, from rangefinders to binos to spotting scopes for us. We don't really use the rifle scopes because we're not um, into gun hunting as much, but they make great scopes, too. Mm-hmm. Um, performance eyewear. They got it all. Uh, we think you'll like it. Loophold Optics. Check them out. Tell them that we sent you. That helps out. Mm-hmm. The Midwest Takeover is what we're calling it. Loophold is going to be more and more involved in the whitetail game as we uh, as we work together. So yeah. give them a shot for you. Just go buy whatever is at your big box store, you know, go out and, and play with the loophole. Um, also spy point cameras um, from a cell link, which is a great entry way to get into some spy points to yep. the link micros. Um, they really have a lineup for everybody at a good price. Great price. And you can be an insider, an insider club on there. You get different pricing on your plans and entered into giveaways and all sorts of good stuff like that. Um, if you're going to buy a cell cam, just check them out. We think and they have like a free them. plan for 100 pictures a month. Which is you sweet during the it. summer. Yep. Sweet during the summer or in a spot where you don't get a ton of traffic. Yeah. So, um, and you can kind of, you get better pricing with the Insiders Club or you can kind of just price it out what works for you or do the free plan. Why not? Um, Rogue Ridge e-bikes, uh, the entry and exit strategy for a lot of people come in and in and out of the deer woods and even probably the western woods whatever they're hunting um and e-bikes are changing the way no scent trail silent and it's fun yep i think people just forget it's fun hell you can even ride over to your buddy's house and drink a few beers you know i mean maybe you've done it <laughs> no <laughs> i'd never do that no. um the podcast also brought to you by scent crusher been working with scent crusher for a long time um i know you know, you can't always go scent free no matter what, but it goes, it helps to go in as scent free as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, always play the wind, but why not take every precaution that yeah. you can, especially if you're hunting mature whitetails? What you're dumb not to try it. Go the extra mile. Yeah, go the extra mile from the gear bag, the roller bag, everything. Love our scent crusher stuff. Uh, check them out, scentcrusher.com. And then that all being said, with another one of our partners that kind of ties into all our other partners is Old Barn Taxidermy. Yep. You know, you you spend your hard-earned money on some of these products that we believe in, products that believe or people behind the product that believe in us in order to partner with us. Don't go cheap on your taxidermy. Two things I don't cheap on, tattoos and taxidermy. It's pretty good. Right. Boom. And that's it. Everything else, maybe I'm cheap out but <laughs> I'm a cheap I'm, ass. I'm over. I pay for convenience anytime I can. <laughs> like I'm, I'm shopping at Harbor Freight, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a Pittsburgh man, so uh, what's up? That's right. <laughs> um, and also Novix tree stands. Uh, we have a code for them working class 21 for 15% off and novixoutdoors.com. Um, you can get into an American made tree mm-hmm. stand, mm-hmm. um, for real, like really reasonably priced. And you can get into one for under uh bear stand with offset bracket, 9.2 pounds. That's, per, that's pretty kick ass. That, that is kick ass. That's, that's awesome. Kick ass. And what's great about them, they are local to us. Mm-hmm. So that's even better. Uh, made in USA. They're proud, proud of that, and we're proud to be partnered with them. That's pretty right. awesome. Uh, back in the tree stand game. So check them out. That's code W. We're uh, back. Working class twenty one. I, I always go WCB like in my head. Working class twenty one for fifteen percent off. Mm-hmm. Um, tell them we sent you. Wait. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. We we got through them, so you can get to the show. Thanks for being here. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley uh, from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast.
It is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, episode 466. What's that in Spanish, Larry? (sighs) (laughs) I cannot remember. 466, or I'm not even going to do that. I I think five is Cinco. We should probably not attempt any of this. No, we shouldn't. (laughs) It'd go from fun to offensive real fast, and that's all by accident. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning into the show. Um, this is exciting. We have some great guests in the studio. That's right. Larry Mack. Yes, sir. What's Larry up, Mack in the house, man. I'm happy to be here. I've been watching this studio unfold uh, uh, via social media, and, and to see it in person is, is really something special. It looks way better in person. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Thank, Thank you for you. making the drive. You, you guys have done an amazing job. I mean, it's a, Thank you. it absolutely looks awesome. Thanks, man. Nice to that. We got Ryan in here, too. What's going on, guys? This is your first time you were on a recording with us? Uh-huh. You've always been like yep. filming and doing photos. He's always and stuff. been in the background. I'm more of a behind the scenes guy. Yeah. yeah. You're good right. at what you yeah. do. Thank you. Get Thank your beautiful you. face. You were, on the he camera. was doing oh, yeah. some like, like, I didn't know you were actually even doing them. That's how good you were. You were like taking photos, but I didn't know what you were doing. He's like, hey, you got a, an iPhone? Air plays me this like, it's like a six second clip that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, the thing is, the story behind Ryan and, and stuff, too, is I guess Ryan's dad and I were were friends from way back in the day. And then Ryan was just knee high to a grasshopper when I when I first saw him. And we were waterfowl hunting and, you know, deer hunting, just talking hunting in general. And, mm-hmm. and as he was growing up, we were we, I was hunting with his dad and, and Ryan, I could see he was taking like liking to, you know, the production side of things. And yeah, and really it was. It was really becoming a passion, you know. Mm-hmm. He was asking questions, not only to me but other friends of his and, yeah. and stuff as well. So, you know, seeing that, it's, it's always good to be able to, you know, pass that along through my early days with Heartland Bowhunter mm-hmm. and you know, growing up on the production side. You know, I appreciate that that fact of of being able to tell a story through you know behind the lens and yeah, and you know, have their own vision, not just. Go out and say, "Hey, man, do you see what these people do? I want to go duplicate it." Right, right. But yet, see it in a different light to be able to and do it your own way, like attacking know? it at your yeah, own angle. Yeah. So, yeah. so when Ryan was getting older and older, you know, it was it was funny. I'll never forget the day I called him and said, "Hey, you know, you want to come work?" He's like, "Say what?" He's <laughs> like, "Say, say what?" Yeah. And, Excuse me. I was actually and, on the way to the Iowa Deer Classic. Oh, he okay. called me. I was driving up there to go to the classic, and he called me. He's like, "Hey, uh, I want to offer you a job." I was like, "Okay, like doing what?" He's like, "Well, you want to be a producer for the outdoor group?" Like, yes, yes. Do you want to know how much you you're going to make? No, no. <laughs> I'm in. Yep. Yeah, yes. I'm in. You guys take a sling and hot rivet, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm good. That's awesome. Well, it takes that passion, and you know, in today's world, we kind of lose that, you know, yeah. because it's and you know, I saw the passion in him in him early, and and Probably that same passion that you had at one time. Yeah, like when exa- you got exactly. Stuff, you know, yeah. and yeah, and so 
being able to hop behind the lens and you know have just as much fun as it is actually going out and doing hunting because you know i looked at it you know from through all the people i filmed in the industry mm-hmm. over the years you know that person didn't just shoot that deer i shot it but just with a different piece of equipment right right, right. and you know we were just a part of that you know having two people up in the tree can be difficult and 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 times and sometimes you know it's a mm-hmm. sacrifice you know you've got to have a lot of love uh, a level of commitment that mm-hmm. that a lot of people you know struggle with and, and that's totally fine and yeah. that's almost uh, you're almost as important as them shooting the deer you know because you yeah, got to make I mean, sure you get that on video to be able to document it and document it in a way that's uh you know that that i guess that people can relate to right. you know uh from from a to z mm-hmm. you know? and Telling a story without saying a word just can be pretty hard to do, and oh, yeah. I think that you know we do a pretty good job of it. I mean, we everybody could, we can always do better. I'm I'm our own worst critic, and I know Ryan is as well. You know, so we just continue to to try to push the bar and and raise the bar. I guess for us personally, you know, we have our own style, mm-hmm. and we're going to stick to it. Ryan Ryan makes you look really good on TV. He needs more credit. I know. This guy needs a raise. Oh, yeah, right. He, yeah, you ain't kidding. He does, and he works hard, and, and I, I appreciate well, all You're always – you can tell you're passionate about it because even we're here, like, hanging out, and you're, like – you're still just, like, kind of doing something. He's over there on his just, laptop doing – yeah, God knows what. Well, that's, that's cool. the fun part too. Is I get to show everybody else what's happening in our world, and it's I get I think it's because I come from the waterfowl. It's a lot. It's a really social sport. You know, you get mm-hmm. to hang out with everybody, and everybody gets to see what you're doing. You right. know, you got ten guys with you, and everybody's doing. Then it goes to deer hunting. You're like, okay, it's just me and him. Yeah, yeah. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to look just and, like him and quiet. Yeah, it's quiet. Everything's it's quiet. quiet, and I just really enjoy that part of it to where I get to show everyone else like what we're experiencing in the woods and then hear everybody else's stories and then start correlating everybody, you know, yeah. oh, that's it's, very cool. Yeah. That's the yeah, fun part. And, and two, like Paul, Paul Biggs, yeah. obviously a lot of people know Biggs. He's through, cause he's been in the industry. He's been on the well. podcast before. Yeah. Yep. He's been on the podcast before and mm-hmm. he's a very intricate part of our team as well. Not only at the outdoor group, but respect the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've got a, we've got a solid team of good, of good guys kind of like you all you know mm-hmm. buddies that work together understand you know and yeah. and honestly it's you know we want we want to share every experience we have yeah in a in a positive way regardless how you know how much we jackass around or whatever you know? <laughs> right, right it's just well, we don't we, do that yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're very professional <laughs> hey, i've been in camp with you you can't to get time hey, over here yeah and you don't even you, can, hey, you just need to sit over there dale <laughs> just, just shut your there's mouth no yeah. limit. there's no limit to having fun yeah yeah exactly <laughs> there's no limit to having fun <laughs> well be, before we deep dive in a little further if someone hasn't heard a previous podcast with you i know you've been on i mean a handful of times now mm-hmm. or wasn't already familiar with uh your guys's work with outdoor group or respect the game maybe just kind of say who you guys are and i want to get into a little bit of your background we might have touched on it in the past but i, I think for people that are newer and because there's a lot of newer to the outdoor community people that listen now probably more than ever mm-hmm. um and what i mean by that is like people who just got into hunting that are discovering podcasts and discovering hunting shows so they might not know the timeline you mm-hmm. know what i mean so yeah. i think that's worth breaking down for sure for sure um so myself um i'm larry mccoy people call me larry mac i've been my segue kind of into the industry was through production, through field production and uh, behind the lens. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy of mine, Jeff Simpson, 
uh, we had started a, sh- a show way back when Jeff had actually uh, formerly I met him in a bow shop actually uh, and we both my stepbrother Ty which is currently on Heartland Bow Hunter as well Ty Easley we uh, you know we filmed our own hunts just really for our own personal for fun uh, yeah just for fun you know yep. we could go back and relive that moment yeah the and race and stuff so we were filming we were filming each other and then i ran into jeff at a bow shop and we started talking he's like well i film hunts too and and literally it was in the spring so literally like two days later i went and filmed him on a turkey hunt an archery turkey hunt with no blind and i filmed him shoot a turkey and things just kind of gelled from there. So we started, uh, you know, talking about and just continued filming hunts and so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. and everything kind of grew from there. And then the staff started to grow. Mike and Sean are great friends of mine as well. I mean, they're, they live right in Ryan, Ryan uh, in, our, in myself's area mm-hmm. uh, there. And, you know, I had, you know, working and, and everything. Mike and Sean were super young, and they they would come and show us footage, and they just had the passion as well, and it shows through through everything that they put out as well. You know, they're they're very talented producers, and as you know, the whole HB staff, and so as time evolved, you know, things happen. You know, we had I had kids and and everything, so everybody's lives change. Mm-hmm. So Mike and Sean kind of took over HB and, uh, and have done a phenomenal job with it, and then. I was just started freelance videoing. So I freelance videoed for Sub 7, for, for several different uh, companies and production companies through Nashville, uh, and did a lot of things. Was fortunate enough to, you know, to draw a paycheck, I guess, at the time. Right. Yeah. So with that being said, we just, you know, it evolved, and then I got a phone call to to go film some stuff for Elite. And this is when Elite was very, very a very small company. Mm-hmm. Like what and year is this roughly? This is probably I'm gonna say 2009, maybe 2010. Uh, well before the Energy yeah, Series, yeah, 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 before the Energy Series, mm-hmm. a year after I graduated. And, well, actually, <laughs> so I was just kind of freelance doing little video stuff whenever they were, you know, they were acquired by Pete Crawford and, uh, you know, and <clears throat> you know, so Pete was like, man, I, you know, I've watched some of the stuff that you've done because Elite was actually a partner of HB at one time. Mm. So we kind of formed a friendship and he was like, what do you think about this show? You know, we call it respect the game. And, and I was like, all right. So we started filming a few hunts and I was just freelancing for him, not doing a whole lot in front of the camera at all. And lo and behold, I go on an elk trip. They're like, Hey, we're going to do an elk hunt. We got these, you know, dealer event. We're going to Colorado. So I show up out there. And when I show up there, Pete and Dave Rotano, Skinny Dave is what they call him, handed me a map and uh, basically said, I want you to come work for me. This is going to be your territory. So, And I was a sales rep. He said, uh, you know, I want you to be a sales rep for us. So that's what I started started off with the outdoor group doing, but I was continuing to, to video as well. So yeah. there was, it, was a, it was a lot to do. For a small company, yeah. Mm-hmm. This fly in the studio needs to fucking dude, die. Dude. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> dude, I watched it keeps laying on my hand. Dude, I didn't think eyes could do that, but literally, your left eye crossed your right eye. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, Eric. Yeah. I saw it on, the, on my bill of my <laughs> yeah. hat. 
So, yeah. No. I saw that fucker get in here, and I'm like, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's, that. that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. We need one of those bug of salt guns. Sorry, Larry. I, no. No, that's good. We, so, yeah, I was a sales rep for a while, along with freelancing, respect the game, came to life. And then, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, Elite started to grow. We came out with the Energy Series. and. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of the bow, I would say, the lineup that kind of put lead on the map. That's, uh, a, that's a lineup that put it on the map for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, being realistic, I mean, there's a lot of great bow companies out there. Don't get me wrong. There there mm-hmm. are, but that the Energy Series is is kind of what, you know, where Elite kind of, you know, put its foot down and said, we're here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so once that happened, you know, we – we continue. We we're obviously selling more product, and I, I wasn't an employee of the company yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, right then, actually, I was a sales rep, but I wasn't like in the office or doing anything. I'm still not in the office, but I. They came to me and said, "I think you need to be in a marketing role because we we'd go to shows and stuff, and just you build a lot of relationships going through you know, through, through a lot of the trade shows and stuff, and mm-hmm. where you build a lot of your relationships. Yeah, you know, yeah. being at hunt camps and just traveling around, mm-hmm. which is a huge sacrifice for you know at home for family life. You know, you got to remember I had two little kids at the time, and uh, you know, so we did that, and they're like, "Well, here's the thing: I want you to become a, uh, want you move over to marketing." I was like, okay, how do you do that? How do you do that? Right? You're like, basically, just do everything you're doing, but uh, but you just make it available for everybody to see. Okay. All right. Okay. So everybody to see. Not just one destination. This guy go everywhere. Social media came. So now there's so many different ways to market that, uh, you know, obviously, we've got to bring in more people. So I became the media director of the outdoor group as the outdoor group was growing and acquiring more brands. I became the media director. Therefore... Ryan's higher, you know. Ryan's on board. Paul's on board. We have an awesome team of people that's trying to keep stuff visible in front for the for the end consumer. And mm-hmm. and one thing that I will say about the outdoor group, brother, you know, and I'll just squash it right here. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to say anything. The people that say you know the outdoor group was you know, going out of business two two or three years ago, uh, Wong. They're not. Wrong. They're, not going, they're, not, Wrong. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Wrong answer. Yeah, we're, we're not Wrong. going anywhere. We've, we've got a great team of people. I mean, if people can go up and see that facility, just the the momentum, the attitudes when you walk in there, it's very refreshing. I mean, you've got an indoor range. You know, people go and take their breaks, and you, it's full. The line's full of people shooting their bows. You go out back, they're shooting 3D targets. You've got smiles on people's fa- faces. So Trust me, I know I've said it on the podcast before, but I take a lot of pride in that because yeah. it's hard to find. You I've know been in it, a lot of shops before, and you can tell when people hate their jobs. Yeah. Oh, God. You can tell right most, away. Most jobs, yeah. oh, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but most jobs yeah. are like that. Usually. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, pitch in just so it's not here for me. When, whenever we walk in up there, what, well, what do people do? It's... It's archery, yeah, percent of the time. Yep, high fiving. Yep. I mean, high fiving. That's impressive. Hunt. Is there like a lunch league? <laughs> the, we ha- they had a league going on between all the workers there for a while. I know they did last awesome. year, right before COVID hit. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to go up there, you'll see it. I'd I got to go up there. We really got to schedule a trip out there. Yeah, for, yeah, sure. for sure. Absolutely, that would be a lot of fun. We've so, talked about it in the past. We got to just do it. You know, yeah, like it we do. Any one of them, any one of the guys on the line running the machines. If you walk up there, they will stop. They will pull you over there and say, "Hey, let's let's show you how this is done. Check we'll show out. you every step of how that bow is made yep. throughout the line, color it. I mean, run it on the machines. 
I mean, so that's cool. We just that's need a cool to, process. We need to set a date and just do it. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. And just so people, people often wonder, you know, what goes into a bow? You know, you all you, they see is you go into an archery shop and you see it's hanging there. Yeah, it's hanging mm-hmm. there. Right, right. But I can tell you, there's upwards of forty sets of hands that touch every single bow that goes to yep. each consumer. So before it's hanging on the peg at a bow shop, forty sets of hands have seen that. And there's a, a process in which it's checked through to make sure that everything is right. Mm-hmm. Intolerance and everything. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. Before before it leaves the building. Now, we're all human. So, I mean, there, there's... Shit maybe, can't happen. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Shit can't happen. Shipping sucks ass, too. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, honestly. I, yeah. It's terrible. But 40 sets of hands. You know, yeah. th- think about that. That's, that's, that's a lot. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when today's with the supply chain issues and stuff that's going on, we've... We've experienced a tough year. The whole industry has. It's it's up as a whole of sales. I'm glad to see more people hitting the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm super super proud of the 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 team at the Outdoor Group. That's I, awesome. I, and, I'll, and I'll stand proud saying that because Tommy Gomez, the guy that leads the factory up there, Josh Sidebottom, mm-hmm. you know them guys. I mean they're they're gamers, man. Yeah, they they are gamers. Uh, the staff is rallied behind them. They've been working 24 hours. Um, and you know, we've been able to ship, uh, pretty darn well across the brands, uh, despite all the difficulties that we, that we've all seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's dude. I love elite. Honestly, I discovered, and we've told this briefly in the past, the energy series kind of reeled me in. I grew up shooting a certain brand, which I grew up shooting Hoyt and just, but I was like tunnel vision to that. Cause I didn't have any influence anywhere else. And then got a little older. I was, I don't know, was one like the first year we really started the podcast Good. and I started experimenting with other bows and, and we were, but we both pretty much bought our uh, synergies the same time. It seemed like, yeah, you traded yours in and I think I bought one the next week. Yeah. And just fell in love with the, the sh- I mean, honestly, the shootability of it. Right. And that's what you guys always say, but no, I absolutely love it. And you know, it's, it's a dream come true to go from that to you guys being the title sponsor of our podcast this year is is pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. And we actually last night in the studio, our guest asked us, Hey, like those elites love them. Would you be shooting them if they weren't a sponsor? It's like, we did shoot them before they were a sponsor. Really? Yeah. 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 And, and (laughs) you know what I mean? It's yeah. yeah. And I'll never diss on any other bow companies because they're like they're all good. They're all they're all good. They're all great bows. Just what you like. Yeah, just it's really personal preference. And to your brother, shootability that that term was coined and born at Elite Archery. Nobody knew what shootability was, and we're not saying that you know, hey, we're we're the best bow. Which you know, I prefer. You know, I prefer an Elite. I'm not being biased. I just do. I'm just because the bow is very comfortable to shoot and people that have listened to me on the podcast before have heard me say over and over again, if you're comfortable, you're going to shoot better. Mm -hmm. So therefore elite is a very comfortable bow to shoot. Yeah. It means you can shoot a more relaxed shot. You can focus on a process that gets overlooked, which is aiming so much. A lot of people are driving their pins driving by that target and, you know, can't get it to slow down and settle in. So mm-hmm. once it gets close, they're punching that trigger off. Right. Well, elite that bow allows you to relax and and really focus on the aiming process, so you can execute a good shot. You put that bow in cruise control, and it does the rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's it literally is. But they're every bow company makes a, a phenomenal piece of equipment. They and really I'll even do. tell people they'll ask me what elite should I get. I'm like, 
honestly go to a bow shop and shoot every brand out there. Yeah, that's let's, exactly right. That's a good. Yeah. Let's start with this. I mean, what from what you guys are seeing this year? What's probably the most popular model of Elite this year? Man, that's a loaded question because right now the the Encore and the Remedy are probably neck and neck. Just because some people like a little shorter axle axle, which is only thirty three inches, but uh, and then it's only one inch difference, but there are totally different fields. Mm-hmm. You, There's but, a Harley going by. What's up? Yeah, yeah. What's up? Sick. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Sick. But the uh, but but the thing is, is the remedy and all. I'll just say it. You know, it is the smoothest Bowie lead has ever put on the market. That's what I'm shooting. Hands I love it. Hands down, hands down, the smoothest bow we've ever we've ever built. Encore is going to give you a little more oomph, going to pop a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. more feet per second. Uh, but they're both awesome shoot rigs. Uh, so it's probably neck and neck between those two. Yeah. Uh, it's and, preference, really, what yeah. the individual wants. Yeah, yep, absolutely. But with that being said, you know, two years ago, we, or I guess it was two years ago when we released the Ember. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the Ember was released, and... In my opinion, that it's gained a lot of a, a huge head of steam because mm-hmm. it's a it's a great bow at the price point, uh, affordable bow that feels like a bow should feel mm-hmm. because it does come with limb stops. A lot of bows in that category, you don't have a solid back wall; it's super spongy. So if a new yeah. archer's coming in, or even somebody that you know just needs a new bow but can't afford a you know a thousand dollar bow, yeah. Well, though they can draw back and feel what that back wall supposed to feel like because right. other there's a lot of other like cheaper bows that i've drawn back and like I, I my wife had another brand of a cheaper bow mm-hmm. and i would draw back and i'd be like yeah i think it's at full draw and then i'd be like because you know i like checking it for and helping mm-hmm. her tune it in and i'd draw back and then i'd be at full draw on the draw stops whatever that would be and then it'd be like yeah just keeps wanting to go. It pulls back another, right. like, inch. Sure. It feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I could notice her doing that, too, would come back, anchor, and then she'd be like, I feel inconsistent because it feels solid one time and then not the next. So mm-hmm. but that's a problem, especially learning. Like, she's just trying to find the groove and the consistency of it. So that's actually really important that you pointed yeah, that out, for, I think, for a new, yeah. a new archer. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's a great, in my opinion, it's a best-in-class product. Uh, and it's really, uh, you know, gained a lot of traction over the, the last year or so as well. So I would say, you know, top of the line, you know, you're looking at Encore Remedy, the set technology. We've had several, you know, uh, retailers reach out and say, man, this this has made our life so easy. You mm-hmm. know, being able to tune the bow uh, to, you know, for guys that have arrows that are able to come in. I mean, people say that yeah you have to shoot a certain spine arrow with this poundage of bow and your draw length and everything and you do but being able to tune that bow is a different is is different Mm -hmm. and we really i guess shorten that time span to be able to do it and do it effectively so it stays Mm -hmm. and efficiently and and efficiently exactly uh the set technology it was definitely a game changer in, in the industry so uh but yeah I mean those two those two bows. Last year I had probably the year I'll probably never have another year like it uh, with the Encore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bow shot. <laughs> Ryan shaking his head down. <laughs> yeah. No, the phenomenal. Not head. a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. It Just was tipping uh, shit over. Yeah. yeah. Pe- people's hunts usually last five, six days, a month. You know, he was every time we went out. It was first night. Oh, Booner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, day no, two. Was, There's another one. 
A lot of that's gonna, luck. I mean, but, but I, I mean, Larry was on fire. A lot of years of that not happening, so sometimes uh-huh. it's just got to work right. that way, you yep. know? Yeah, so I'm a little nervous about this year. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, going and knock out, and, to be honest with you. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a great company. I'm I'm glad to see the, the momentum, you know, picking up and everything because, honestly, we're, you know, the, the outdoor group as a whole, uh, and if people not aren't familiar with the outdoor group, Slick Trick Broadheads, Scott Releases, Winner's Choice Bowstrings, Elite Archery, of course, CBE yeah. Sites. But we've, we've got a lot of products out there where the people behind <clears throat> building those products, they give a shit about the people that are going to be shooting them. Yeah, right. that goes yeah. a long yeah. way. You yeah. know, so, so they're, that they're ultimately... Passion, yeah. They're passionate about it. Exactly, and that's... And it just shows, in my opinion. And yeah. that's the people you want making your bows, too. Exactly. Right. So we're all shooting. I'm shooting the Remedy. Eric, you got the Encore. Yep. Uh, Chandler shooting the Remedy, and Ross is shooting the Encore. Encore yep. But Doug is the oddball in the group. <laughs> I'm shooting the Result 36. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy. And Sour Apple. Yep. Uh, that's that Dude, I'll that's tell sharp. you right now, man, it is sharp. And that's another thing. That, it's scream sharp. Yeah. It's dude, WCB it's, green is what it is. It's yeah. slick. Mm-hmm. Slicker you know? than jit. Well, I'm telling you right now, that's the other piece of the 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 company that certain you know the archery industry is built of not only hunters but target archers as well, and we have an awesome staff. Darren Christianberry, I mean, the best. That's where it all started for us with Elite. You know what? You're right. That's where it all started. I think I had just bought one, and then. I was like learning who he was and he was at the bone shed in Ottawa for, for we, an event. And we podcasted there with him early on. Like we had maybe 30 episodes in. Yep. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been a big Darren Christianberry fan since. Yep. I'll tell you, Darren is, he's, he's a close friend of top notch of mine. Top notch guy, Nathan Brooks. I mean, we have a, a lot of knowledge and a Can lot I throw of- a podcast fun fact out there for our listeners. Yep. And I got to get a hold of Nathan and redo this. That's the only podcast we've ever recorded and then had something fuck up and then not been able to air the show. Really? He's yep. the only one we've ever had that happen we to. Now it'll happen to this that. episode. But seriously, hey. we recorded it. It was an amazing episode. He was pumped. We were pumped. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly what happened. It's been a few years. The audio like didn't record. Really? Like It was showing that I was recording. Everything was checking out. But when I go through, like you can barely hear him. It's Man. like not there. I no, can tell he, you. I don't think he was there at all. Like we were, you could hear us, but not him. But then when he would go to talk, like oh, it was just man, like that dead, sucks. But, dead but everything on the software and the computer was like checking out, right? Yeah. So, so I don't know. Something, some switch wasn't on or something. I don't know. Yeah, but we, I, I feel terrible to this day about it. Yeah, it's. A, I'll tell you, Nathan's one of those guys. He's very in depth to archery. Just, just thinks archery all the time. Mm-hmm. Smart. Along with Darren, them two together are. I mean. We've been in several events filming him and stuff and just learned so much from just listening to him talk to one another. Oh, I can imagine. When those guys are around, you just sit back and listen. Yeah, literally. It's uh, just from as far as setting bows up and and everything. So that just, you know, our our team of pro archers are second to none. Mm -hmm. Just number one, great people, great individuals, and and good shooters as well. And, And all of them are open to... To help anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we do say, even at Respect the Game, 
you know, I tell people all the time, message us. If you've got a question about something, uh, whether it be, you know, you're setting up your farm, whether this is going to be good, whether this, whatever. this Or something with your bow. Yeah, or something with your bow. It don't matter what it is. Yeah. Message us. You will get an answer. Okay, let's talk about, can I use this as a segue to talk about another brand? Hey, this is your podcast. You can do whatever you want. I want want to showcase the people. But you are right. I could, we can really do whatever we want. (laughs) To be honest. Some of those stories we can go into, but we won't do that. Oh, easy. So, (laughs) talking about people messaging you guys and just talking about different brands. You guys mentioned Slate Trick earlier, which is uh, another, we're very proud to have that as a partner as well for the podcast. And we've shot Slick Tricks for shit years oh, now yeah. um i mean f- three or four years going on for me i would say four probably i've i've shot the hell out of the raptor tricks which mm-hmm. is the expandable mm-hmm. viper tricks we, we talked about them at the podcast we did the iowa mm-hmm. classic um but i think people and we talked about this a little bit at our uh at our green room the green room yeah. Yeah. um people basically expecting things that are unrealistic for an expandable or mechanical head, whatever terminology you use. Is that a common thing? Like you're getting a lot of these messages, Ryan, right through social. Yeah. If, if uh, you ever get a message back on most of the social platforms for the TOG, that's most time you're talking to me or Larry. Yeah. And it is mind blowing. (sighs) Yeah. It's disappointing (laughs) sometimes. I'm sure there's a lot of positive, like there there is, there's a lot of positive, but it's always a controversy anyway. Right. And they are, it's nonstop. It's like positive, but, then, but. yes. <coughs> Sorry, you're right. Ryan is choking. Yeah, COVID. Hacking on a bone. Hacking on a bone. He'd be all yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah, we get a you're lot right. of social question or comments, especially of people telling us success stories with their broadheads, especially the Raptor trick because it is expandable. Yeah, that the deer ran forty yards awesome blood trail they watched him fall from the tree killed the biggest buck of their life super excited about it but the blade bent i can't reuse this broadhead so the broadhead is i will no longer buy a slick trick as i hunt hmm. and it just yeah. doesn't because it did its job yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand how to like, well, well that's kind of my yeah. point i'm like dead is dead yeah right. you know, i mean right. you put that you put the meat in your freezer you put the buck on the wall Everything you prepared for throughout the season worked exactly how you wanted it to, but you can't reuse that broadhead for next year. But so, the blade got a clean pass there and hit a rock, and what do yes. I do about that, Ryan? Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Just, so what, so what or, they're saying is, like, they're out there to reuse that broadhead. They're not out there to kill a deer. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Well, in, in most cases, I mean, that's how I look at it, and obviously it's not. I understand, hey, it may be 40 bucks a pack of broadheads. Totally get it. But you know what? If you want a reusable broadhead, one that you can use over and again, the safest bet is to probably buy a fixed blade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we sell we you know Slick Trick sells replaceable blades. A lot of other broadheads. There's a lot of good broadheads out there as well, and they I'm sure they have, get the same complaints over well, I'm it sure as well. They all do. But yeah, this, here's yeah, the thing, and, and I'll tell you this, you know, too. I'm a broadhead geek, and I mean, I go through. I've got different consistencies of ballistic gel. Uh, that we've shot through, we've done through a lot of different That'd be broadheads. Fun. Through a lot of different mm-hmm. broadheads. And I can tell you this much. An expandable, they're really not made to reuse over and over again. They sell replaceable blades for them, but 
you know, there's companies out there that have replaceable blades, but then you got to rely on you putting them in there correctly. If you over torque yeah. a screw. Again, where you just said each product has 40 hands yeah. in mm-hmm. one product, now you got one guy yeah, so, trying to fix it. Who so doesn't know what a torque wrench for your broadhead. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so my point is, yeah, so then if you replace the blades and you do something incorrectly and does not function like you want, now guess whose fault it is. It's the broadhead's fault. Back to the so, yeah, back to the company. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm you know, you I'm looking at it like this. If I if if I go out there and I successfully harvest and kill an animal and I punch through both lungs and that animal goes forty yards and falls over, I'm gonna be happy as hell. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, oh, the yeah. last last thing I'm gonna try to do is blame the broadhead because I can't reuse it. You know, what I don't care if it's a doe. Uh, if, if whatever, yeah, whatever the case may yeah, be, last you thing, know? yeah, I think you going care to, about is the broad. Your broadhead <laughs> at that point's a soldier to do a job, yeah, right, right. there. Mm-hmm. Like, and then yeah. it's like, yeah, sometimes there's another one lost. Well, let me throw this at you real quick. Mm-hmm. Have you ever shot a deer with a gun? A few, yeah, yeah. Okay, have you ever went down and got your bullet and picked it back up and put it back in? <laughs> you know, <laughs> solid point. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I take you know, an out there with a metal detector. I found it in a deer before, and now it's sitting on my little desk. Yeah, did you reshoot it? No, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Maybe you were shooting like musket balls back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and they were a motherfucker because you had to make it. Yeah. It is made of lead, so it's just a mangled up mess. Anyway. Yeah. Is that a musket? I'm going to melt this down and reuse it. <laughs> I'm God, saving, God, I'm I saving money. All the way. I didn't get it packed out all Have the way. Have you seen Malibu's Most Wanted? Yeah. That dude, Buzz, he's like, man, is that a fucking musket? <laughs> he pulls it out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The, the, I don't know. That's a great movie. But it's, it's a good point, and it is... I'm not concerned about that. Half the time, I retire my arrow anyway. Yeah. And maybe not my arrow, but I'm like, well, I'll just get a new one. I like the feeling of a fresh broadhead every time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'm just, but I get, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know, I don't, I don't buy a three pack of Raptor Trucks and go, this better last me through 12 years. The rest deer. of my life. Yeah. All right. You know what I mean? I, oh, I, for sure. I don't get it. I don't get why that's I'm a not expecting to reuse. If I shoot a deer with that broadhead, I'm not expecting to reuse it. Right. Well, me either, and I just, you know, regardless of of whether you think, hey, I can reuse his head to kill six deer with, most likely if you've got two inches, uh, an inch on each side of, you know, metal out each side, you're it's more prone to bend. A fixed blade's more solid in construction. Right. You know, it's not, there's no movable parts. And honestly, I'm not taking that chance of reusing that head on a on a hundred yeah, you don't want to no, or a hundred twenty five no. inch deer. I'm not you taking not that to open or something. Can, right. I, can I ask you guys something? Sure. When you get up to the tree and you get it in your stand, you get your bow up and on the hook, whatever, and you go to grab your arrow to knock an arrow. And I, come on, tell me I'm not the only dude who does this. You look at your quiver full, and you'll go. Hmm. And you pick. Oh, hey, you're the one hey, today. Every time. Do you, do you guys do that? I'll tell you what I do. It's funny because. I've got a pet peeve, and, and people are creatures of habits. And, you know, and I'll get into this a little bit later. And I, I even talk about this in some of the seminar, seminars I've done when it calls be, being versatile and stuff as a hunter because people are creatures of habits mm-hmm. and they're hard habits to break. One habit that I have is whenever I get up there, you mentioned looking at your quiver, the arrow that I'm going to shoot, I always put in, in the same slot before I go out. Okay. So I know when I get in the tree, that's the arrow I grab first, and I put it in. Yeah. And Ryan's probably thinking, okay, that's why I've seen him grab mm-hmm. one, then I put it back in the quiver, and mm-hmm. then I put another one back in. Yeah. Because I grabbed the wrong arrow, and I, I it's because it's not the arrow that I intended to grab. 
It happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll always, always shoot that first one, but then if it's not happening, I'm like, okay, maybe it's the arrow's fault, so I'll switch. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll second, that. third one, you know? Always, yeah. After like three, four days of hunting, you're like, oh, yeah. oh, dude, when I get in the sand, I'm like, well, I haven't seen a deer with this arrow, so I'm going to try another switch one. switch it up. Yeah. I do yeah. it every time. <laughs> every time I'm like, all right, you got three, four hunts in. So, yes, Let's, everyone here does it. You're okay. not the only one. I just didn't know, because I do it every time. I'm like, all right, give your bro a shot. Yeah, you, you're, you're getting yeah. benched. Like, I feel like they're talking. Yeah. I've even done it. There's a thing where I'm like, okay, that one has a light and knock, but this one doesn't. I'm going with that one. Mm-hmm. See, I, I if I'm shooting light and knock, I shoot all light and knocks because of the weight. So I'm yeah. paranoid about yeah. that, you yeah. know? Yeah. But no I, doubt. But I might have the same brand light and knocks, but different colors. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, we went blue last time. We're uh-huh. going green. We're going green. Yeah. Green's <laughs> a color for green, the day. Green, I always good, put yeah. my best flying arrow right in the middle of like my five arrow quiver. Mm-hmm. So I have something to hang it on. I have that gap in between yep. all the arrows so I yep. can hang it on a branch oh, yeah. if I need to. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got to always put that best flying one right in the middle so I yeah. know. And then I just hey. work my way out. You're my, yeah. Yeah. Filter <laughs> out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not alone. If I get to the end, something's wrong. Yeah. I get to the outside. Or really yeah. bad. Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly right. But I, I kind of do that with a lot of my. Not that I'm like super superstitious or anything like that, but I kind of with archery equipment. I feel like you have such a mental attachment to certain things that like, mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like my bow has like a. Like, it's like we're boys, but it not even comes with the bow. It's, like I'll listen to like certain songs on the way to the stand, and uh, like, so that, uh, yeah, like it's all like a, it's a whole dude. I'm telling you, people knife. are creatures of habit. They you are. know the thing is, is I've we've had people talk to us a lot. They're like, man, I've getting pictures of this big deer, and I've listened to you know a lot of the guys you've had on podcasts and stuff before, and hearing it, and it's it's really repetitive too from the stuff that they've heard, yeah, as well as far as you have somebody sitting in a stand, and they're like, I'm getting pictures of the deer. My camera is eighty yards down the field, and I'm seeing. My shooter deer, my target deer, at 150 yards for four nights. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to move. I'm just going to sit right here because maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. he's going to walk right by. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? You know what? He ain't coming. He ain't. You know, I'm just saying, you know, you got to take advantage of a lot of those opportunities as long as you're careful. And you know the property. That's where a lot of that intel, and I know, you know, pays off because mm-hmm. you learn how the how the deer are utilizing the oh, property. Yeah. Know what you can get away with. Yeah. Know whether I got to sit off this trail and maybe I need to pull that deer an extra twenty yards with a with a call or whatever uh, decoy, whatever the case. I mean, a lot of people uh, assess a decoy. You know, they they think decoy. And I, I see this deer with his ear pinned back. You know, walking sideways sometimes you have to use that decoy to your advantage to put the deer where you want them Mm -hmm. not necessarily to come in and be aggressive but put the deer down that way so the deer are going to be focused on that on the decoy right and get curious exactly Mm -hmm. get curious to pull them that direction and just give them just the amount of yardage you need to put an arrow through them. Absolutely. Is that you something know? you use a lot, decoys, and your guys' tactics? Oh, I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, yeah, I use a lot of decoys. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, I've never had a mature deer come into the decoy, and it can be tough. It's very it, – there. there's a level of commitment to using a decoy as well, and I've learned a lot of what not to do over the years because I've screwed up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and – that being said, with all that, like, you know, you have the experience, you know how to basically set a decoy correctly. And I don't imagine there's a science to hunting the wind on a decoy and all that. What percentage, 
Well, that's kind of, I don't know if I, you can really even answer that question because I know how hunting works. I was going to ask you what percentage do you feel like you're successful when you use decoys, but I guess it would be. How it, many times have you killed over a decoy? Yeah, but not, I don't know if that question works because I just understand how hunting is because you don't right. kill one every time. So you could be like, well, mm-hmm. I I've killed a lot of deer over a decoy, but oh, um, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them, if it's the right time of year, you get that right buck that's in the right frame of mind, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to approach it aggressively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that myth, I can tell you this much right now, the when people say deer will approach a decoy from the to the head you know and all that stuff all the time that's full of shit they're full of shit <laughs> i'm just saying I'll, I'll and i've got plenty of video to back that up and so you mean ryan that, does yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean ryan damn yeah. We, we, yeah. we yeah ryan we. does ryan does too. <laughs> uh but the reason why i say that is because they will approach it from the head but they will also approach it from the ass uh they will what's look, up doug yeah. <laughs> What's up? Thanks, Ryan. Ryan's the one that actually audibly laughed at my joke. No comment. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm glad he's here. Thank so, you. Hey, that was a good one. Hey, screw you, Eric. It just Larry, I was laughing, you asshole. Oh, yeah. I heard his laugh a little loud. So. And my, my point Sorry, in Eric. saying that is Jeez. because a lot of times it just depends on the deer's attitude. Yeah. And if a deer's really submissive, a lot of times where they just want to check that deer out to basically see what deer it is, they will approach from behind, and they're going to stick their nose out just like a dog. A dog runs mm-hmm. up to another dog's ass and some, and sniffs it. Mm-hmm. So a deer's no different. They'll, they'll circle around to the butt, and if a deer's really aggressive where it's like, all right, I don't care what deer you are, I'm whooping your butt. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be all postured up. They're going to come around. They may go to his head. They may go to his butt, but they're not always going to go to his head. Right, they, right, One of the right. key the key tips that I can say is visibility. Make sure, you know, it's not like right over a hill. You where know, they where pop you, up yeah, over the hill and like, oh, Where they shit. can see mm-hmm. and size that, that decoy up for a while and From leave a, a little bit of space to where they can get all the way around him. Interesting. I've never – I don't have a good – like, I use buck decoys typically. 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 I don't have a good – I have a doe decoy, but I don't have a good buck decoy. Of course, the, the decoy that gets the DSD, right, that's like the – the but, cream of the yeah, crop it's it is the most realistic and and we've had deer that aren't necessarily interested in fighting just come out and feed right next to it i mean i can't say that 100 percent of the time that you know there's not going to be a deer you know perk his ears up and stomp a couple times or whatever if they do but not enough to where it's a lot worse than nothing being there mm, yeah does that make sense yeah you know? yeah see i've dabbled in it a couple times, but I'm like, I feel like I'm out there for an hour. Like, it's a pain in the ass. Like probably, position right? one way, and then you get in the tree. And you're like, okay, that's, uh, that's not, ridiculous. That's, hey, if you not, guys saw the raw footage of him setting his decoy out for the Kansas hunt that he killed one over with, it's like, eh, put it here. He stop, sit back. Okay, hold on. He shifted over about two or three yards, and he'd be puffing pure white tail all over the place. And he's like, ah, shifted over a little bit more. But I mean. When that buck right. come out, I mean, it, he had it perfect by the time he got it. I mean, that buck come out 100 yards away, make it a scrape, saw that that buck wasn't, it was still posturing. Is that the there. footage from your TikTok yep, where yep, it's like balled D- up? Yep, that yep. DSD. And he come around, it's a thick did a circle, boy. got the, yeah, <laughs> got the wind. He's thick, boy. He's thick. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a thick, boy. A thick ass mm-hmm. boy. Yep. <laughs> See, that, that I mean, is cool when they do that. I need, to, I need to invest in a good decoy. I just like what Eric said. I don't know. 
don't know if I don't know enough about it. I don't know how much I would actually use it. I feel like it sounds cool, and I would love to have like the encounter and watch the interaction. But when it comes Especially to when like, they're sidestepping like that, uh, if you guys yeah. had the, I have all I had all the uh, footage from like Phillips, all of his hunts, and I mean when he's in Kansas, he has a decoy. He's there for sixty days, and he has a decoy out. 57 of those that days. guy is a decoy for and i mean to mm-hmm. see the footage of how those deer react to that decoy it will it will calm all of your worries about ever using a decoy really i mean he i don't know how many decoy. times there's just there'll be 20 does out there feeding next to that deer decoy and then he'll have that one buck that enters in to check all them does and he's reared up and he'll come in and do what philip does he'll pass him because it's mm-hmm. good footage Mm-hmm. Right, and then right. he'll wait for that big one to come in. But yeah. I mean, he gets it done with that decoy. And but, I'll tell you right now, and you're right. Philip is is the decoy king. I've learned so much over the years from Philip Vanderpool as far as for decoying deer, just set up, and because there was some stuff that I was doing wrong, and and he was like, "Well, maybe try this." And you try it, and it works. I'm like, "Oh." Go. Son <laughs> of all back. Now you gotta tell me. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to tell me. Yeah, right. exactly. uh-huh. like, he's like, oh boy. I told you. I told you. I told you. Man, boy, it worked for me. It worked for 1972. <laughs> <laughs> he had a blow up deer. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's he's a wealth of knowledge in the whitetail woods. There's no yeah. doubt. Oh, yeah. How could he not be? You know, with all the time he's got in. The last decoy experience I've had. Is when we went to uh, South Dakota and had oh, that. Yeah. Remember, we got that. Uh, it was it was like a target. It was a flat target you could like position. No, it was a decoy. You a could decoy. like it was like this wide, like a couple inches wide foam, and like the head turned and it worked. I mean, we got the shots head would on sit them. There and swivel. But it was so windy and we couldn't yep. get it far enough in the ground. The ground was so hard that at one point it's just like. Shoop. It's like, possessed. get down on it. <laughs> it's like the exorcism. <laughs> but it actually, a little bit of movement that it had at certain points from the wind oh, yeah, actually helped. paid off but, for us. But but then there's this guy out there, and we've seen the decoys. We're like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of antelope out there. <laughs> no. And this guy had full-mounted taxidermied antelope out in the field. On a game cart, they wheel out there. and Oh, man. Commitment. I mean, he would sit there and put them all together and set them out there. It was it mm. was commitment. It was bizarre. So, what hunts you guys got coming up this fall? Talking about all sorts of critters. Well, you know, for honestly, man, I'll tell you what, I, we all pretty much crapped the bed when it comes to drawing tags this year. Yeah, that's I the way did it goes draw sometimes, right? Yeah, and it is. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But. That's the start of your uh, yeah from last season being so sweet exactly Mm -hmm. that's why i don't know so my worry just yeah got (laughs) got worse i was like oh crap but we have uh i drew an antelope tag in montana so uh we're probably going to start off there i'd say and then go right back to nebraska where where eric and doug smashed some mule deer here a couple years back and um yeah so we're going to start off there i drew drew a kansas tag and miss some yeah <laughs> yeah, or maybe I should say where Eric missed one at twenty yards. A monster. Sorry, Eric. Yeah, hey, hey I done fucked up. Okay. Yeah, it was so funny because he he texted me and he's like, "I missed one." I was like, "How far?" He goes, "I'm going to the pub." 
<laughs> you will find me in a bar stool. <laughs> That's a bad one when you're immediately going to the pub. Oh, yeah. He came in full camo still. Oh, camo's oh at the bar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You showed up just getting but me The guy drink. was like, you want to go back to the house? I'm like, I knew these guys were already at the tavern. I'm like, nope. <laughs> drop me off at the front door. Yeah, we, already, we, already like, take out, we already take out partying. Yeah, yeah. He, Corey was like, I'll drop you off at the back. Yeah, he goes, I'll drop you off at the back door. <laughs> <laughs> you got to walk by the freezers when you go in there. Like, oh, yeah. Right. All the food. Yep. I'll salt. tell you, uh-huh. that, that's a hunt, though, isn't it? That's a, oh, such so a, fun. Oh. It is. It is a fun. That was I awesome. mean, the mule deer was an extra. I mean, we had so much Yeah, fun I didn't have to I kill think. anything. That was so fun. But I, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not trying to bring up bad memories here. But how big was the mule you missed? Uh, it's on video. Yeah, it's it was on, on. It was on respect again. It's on respect again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 I don't even remember the deer. I remember focusing on like what happened with your arrow when we yeah. watched it. But I mean, even in the video, yeah. it, it was tough to see them because they were they were laying yeah. down in like four foot tall grass. So yeah, it was it was rough. I mean, it was, I mean, people think twenty yards it's chip shot. It's not always the case. You're because, in the plains with yeah. forty five mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Not only the plains, but you have those hills. Like you said, the grass was tall. You know, in confidence is key you know and knowing that your arrow is going to pass through everything is is key and i mean i'm sure everything all that stuff and all you can see is very a very small target at that point yep. you know, his head sticking up but but knowing exactly where to shoot so it happens oh yeah we've all been there yeah hey, oh, dude, i'll hey. give you i'll give you credit though i mean you smoked that second one. Oh yeah <laughs> throwing <laughs> throwing yuccas at him yeah. and everything yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I threw a battle axe for that. <laughs> you sure did. Battle axe. It's like throwing an axe through. Well, uh-huh. I can tell you this. I'm super pumped up to, uh, you know, uh, we were talking earlier over in the green room about uh, trying to get a hunt together for RTG again. Yeah, yeah. And film that, man. We're going we're gonna to get something together. So hopefully on a future RTG episode, we're going to have the, the WCBQ crew. I'll cut the Back chops. At, I'll chop. I'll cut the chops again for you. You better let's all go down to Dumas Walker. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just bring the mustache. Yeah, classic yeah. Doug. Yeah. I know. I don't have a song for that. So I'm sorry. So don't I'm need gonna, one. Yeah. It, talk, it speaks for itself. He's like mustache speaks for itself. Here's a song. Yeah, it's on groove, man. Yeah. It's got its own late night show. Yeah, you get like a little mustache comb that you just. So I know I just reach, want to reach over and comb it because I'm actually sitting next to him right now. I'm like, mm, yeah. I actually yeah. voted for a mustache cam on this podcast. You did, you did, you brought that up. We'll yeah. get a mustache We're cam. Gonna, God, it's we'll have to gavel it's awkward. Just in tied on your mouth. The yeah, whole right time. on my mouth the whole time. An hour long footage. It's just him like mouth. talking, but then like. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you breathe, it's just yeah. It's like Ned, Ned Flanders over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, where are you headed after Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska. Where are we headed after Nebraska? You're going to South Dakota. I'm going to try to kill a deer yeah. at home. Yep. Ryan's going to be filming uh, Josh and and trying to kill a deer at home with Josh, of course, here in Missouri or back home in Missouri, I guess. And then Paul and I are going to South Dakota. For what? Uh, deer. 
We're going we're going to chase deer in South Dakota this year. Muleys or whitetails or uh, probably whitetails. I would say so. Uh, East River the, somewhere. Yep, yep, East River area, um, and Aberdeen area. Uh, supposed to be a good place. We're uh, you know we're going to go up there a couple of days early, scout, see if we, we can see and and go hang and hunt. You know, very yeah. cool. Uh, you know, get after it. So I'm anxious to get out with with old Big Z too. You know, we haven't been in the woods and uh, together in a while. So uh, mm-hmm. we haven't yeah. seen that cat in a while. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's been. A I mean, I mean, I, we see him at ATA every year. Is typically yeah. where we get to catch up with them. Yeah. And yeah. Last time I seen him, he had a ponytail. It's <laughs> <laughs> reckless. Here we go. Yeah, that's Here reckless. Go. That's reckless. Good thing, I wore, just, good, good thing I wore my get boots. The, get, the boots yeah, get the boots out. Yeah. <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> Shit's getting <laughs> deep. <laughs> Oh heck! Bless his no. heart. Yeah, bless his heart. <laughs> old Bigsy, old Bigsy. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Old Bigsy's an elk hunter though from way back. That's what we. The first yeah. podcast we did with Paul was all about. One, yeah. I think Colorado. Uh probably New Mexico or Arizona. Man, he's killed some giant yeah. bulls. It's been and, years and, since we've done that podcast. Yeah, he goes down there with Buckhorn Outfitters, and uh, I'll tell you, they uh, they've got the bulls, and, and you know, Paul's gotten. He's he's fared off pretty well there's no doubt about it mm. I mean, he's killed some giant bulls and what's your guys's favorite thing to chase for you guys personally man we just like to go have a good time i, I love i love chasing bugling bulls there's no doubt love calling bulls in there's nothing about it but but honestly you know i love spotting something mule deer uh yep. there's nothing i don't like about any of it to be honest with you i, yep. I love the decoy antelope yep. but there's just something about being able to you know, put your cameras out on your home property, and you know, yeah. create that history with that with the deer you have there, and then actually go out. You know, be able. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do a whole lot of that because we've been on the road so much or or working, whether it be up to the factory quite a bit. So we, you know, a lot of people think that when we film episodes for Respect the Game, we're you know, we just go out there. And party, yeah, and party, and hang, hang a stand. And I kill thought that's what you guys did. I don't. Yeah, no, not <laughs> far I remember. From. There's, <laughs> there's. I mean, we're a crew that you know we're not three o'clock hunters by by any means. We're going to go if 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 it doesn't make sense to go hunt that evening. We're going to go scout. We're going to go find a deer. We're going to go hang a set. We're going to go try to get on. This is why you guys are successful and it works you know, out. We, you know, that's just that's just the way we are. You know, we're hunters and and. You know, we love to learn from from everybody else as well. I mean, yeah. we're just fortunate to have people. You know, we document our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we're no better hunters than really anybody out there. It's just a matter of we document it. Mm-hmm. You're telling your story. So, yeah, I mean, and we want, we love to hear everybody else's stories as well. So, and you know, send us messages or questions or let us know. Send us a picture because I guarantee you you're going to get a response. Dude, tell us a story about that because. Or if you, Larry, some, if you see Larry Mack at a trade show, go talk to him because he'll talk you to anyone. Yeah, talk to him. Yeah, I will talk, talk to him about cocaine, country dancing. <laughs> 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 we need to get the right to that song. Right. 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 We, yeah. we need to call that guy. He's like, yeah. hey, listen, man. <laughs> we just want to use your song sometimes on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, but no, in all seriousness, you know, we're passionate about it. And we, we just, you know, we'll, we'll try to share whatever we know. And and we'll definitely listen to whatever you know, and hopefully we we can learn from each other. That's how yeah. we look at it. We're all hunters, you know. I mean, crap, for yeah. your hunters, you know. If That's what it's eat, about, you know. Yeah, we can eat a backstrap and some ground burger or whatever, you know, dude, and drink a couple cold ones. That's what it's, it's all about. about. 
Hunting camp, yeah. man. That's like we talk about it a lot. Is the podcast is like a beautiful thing because it's kind of a cool way, and, and kind of like what you said earlier, Larry. It's like do what you already been doing, but market it for everyone to see. Yeah, right. Kind of what, what this podcast is. You yeah. know, it's like maybe we wouldn't get together as frequently as this, but this keeps like it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, we get together at hunt camp every week. Yeah. And we get yep. to talk with people we're friends with or look up to or can learn from or yep. whatever it may be. And then it's just kind of a beautiful thing. And then what I like about it, the goal really with the podcast when we get messages is there's a lot of people that don't have anything like this. They don't have buddies that they can talk to about it. So if we can be like their, I don't, I don't know if artificial replacement for their hunting camp is a way, but maybe not artificial. Maybe it's. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. But I kind of the replacement for what they don't have in hunting camp. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And because, you know, one thing I've learned through the industry, too, going to trade shows and, and even talking, I'm sure you guys have seen the same thing, is when you're talking to folks, you know, everybody's piece of property. If you own a piece of property in Iowa versus North Carolina, right, probably different caliber of deer, right? Yeah. And – you know, hunting shows, in my opinion, and although we have one, they kind of leave a lot of false expectations. Mm-hmm. If that make if mm-hmm. that makes sense, yeah, it makes yeah it makes a lot you of know, sense. When it's really not intended to, you know, it the bo- bottom line is this: is if you can go out and you're getting pictures of the biggest deer on your farm that you have pictures of, and you can successfully go out, game plan, and harvest that deer. Kill him. Do it. Do it. Hundred percent. You know, do it. Make it happen. Because that right there is a success story. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a success story. That's how you learn to number one, you're learning what the deer are doing on your property. You're gonna learn something every single year a little bit different. Every time you're out. Yep. You can learn something different. Yeah, that's exactly right. And just break it down to the details. When you think you're detailed enough, look into the next detail. How is the deer, you know, the deer is coming to this field. Detail your details. Right, mm-hmm. right. Pretty much. You're exactly right. Because what happens is this. People say, I'm seeing deer out in this field every night in September, right? Most likely, it's a bean field. Yep. Okay? Because you can't see through corn. Okay. Well, <laughs> but they're not. Well, yeah, nice. <laughs> you can't see through corn. Pro tip. What do you mean you can't see through corn? I can't see through corn. <laughs> What does that even mean? Oh, you can't? Yeah, what does that even so, mean? <laughs> so so if if they're out in that field there, now break it down. Which way is the wind blowing that night? How did you see them enter that field? And then, then break it down again. Okay, the next night you go out there, you see the deer again. But they're in a different sections. Did the wind shift? What changed? Yeah. Exactly. What changed? Why are they on this side of the field versus that side of the field? Now you're starting to put together, formulate the, the details of where you need to set up on what wind yeah. to be successful, you know, mm-hmm. versus just saying those deer are in that field. I think that's a big shift for me personally and, like, the like the caliber of deer that I would see, like, going from seeing a couple good bucks to, like, seeing, I mean, I can consistently see bucks if I like pressure goes into that. But I, I, we doing podcasts, really, I'm, like, became ultra aware of, like, details like that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's so easy to just – overlook it yeah like but yep. yeah overlook it to the point of oh that big bucks in that field i'm gonna hunt that field every night no matter what until i see that deer where they think like the the more yep. they're there the better which 
no more, not always the more harm you could be doing if you're there every night yeah, yeah. but i think that changes a lot for people when they break down the details mm-hmm. that way like you said is like look at the basically weather data yep. and th- that might help you understand like i try my best to do that now when i get a trail cam picture of a buck like go to like weather bug and go to like weather history yep. or whatever app yep. what do you use and be like okay that deer's moving on a southeast wind okay yep. southeast wind where was he coming from and going at the right. wind to his face on the southeast wind? Why is he there? And then you try to basically like backwards engineer why he's in that spot pretty much, I guess, right? Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. you're 100% correct. The thing is, too, is go to the dollar, you know, dollar store, Dollar General, and pick you up a cheap calendar. When you wake up in the morning, look at weather bug or whatever weather and look and, and look at your hourly and watch how the pattern of the wind direction is. If it changes at 3 o'clock, and you know the deer are hitting that field in the evenings, right down that that wind direction on that date. When you go check your trail cameras, if you don't have a cell camera, you know, go back, look at the date on that camera. That way you can correlate some sort of pattern to how that deer's entering the field, and it's Ooh. going to tell you how you need to hunt that, that field. Yeah, that's a good tip, the Dollar General calendar. I'm writing yeah. that down, actually. I actually yeah. use Weather Underground, and they if you're on a, on a desktop, you can go back to any date. And it'll print you out three pages of the weather in your yep. area that night. Yeah. And, it and, works pretty awesome. Really? Yeah. And it'll teach you a lot about your property, uh, mm-hmm. and, and which is most important. More important, actually, than going out and harvesting deer that particular time. Because the more you know about your property, the more successful you'll be able to hunt in the future. Mm-hmm. So being able to document that stuff, I have notebooks literally of going out glass and deer from from back in the day i don't have near the time i wish i had to go do it even no. now because i really enjoyed doing that just to, to try to pattern what deer and you'll start to see a pattern based upon year after year too on how the deer enter that those fields yeah uh on the on that piece of property with what wind and and all the surrounding properties and everything it really teach you kind of how you need to navigate your property because mm-hmm. there's spots that look great on aerial it's like man we need to hang a set there but that may be a great set in the rut but it's not a good set in december or in october 1st or september 15th whenever your season opens yeah or you get in yeah. there it's just thicker and shit yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you know do you do you see a lot of like you know keeping the by the way that's really cool i think one day when you're old and decrepit and you if you still have those that's gonna be really cool oh, I've, yeah i've got i've literally have notebooks like old like binders you know the old notepads you know with the, yeah old the typewriter binders. notes yep. from you literally. Or youngster. i'm dead serious yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. me and my stepbrother i mentioned earlier in the podcast ty yeah. easily yeah we were we were notorious about he would go to one field i would go to another and we would kind of compare notes that's awesome uh, and, and look at that uh you know how the deer ran in the fields and and so on and so forth and that's something that your kids will find really cool too like later on yeah like might, it's uh i've got them right in my desk and and i was actually uh, whenever ryan was telling me because him and josh have been getting some pictures of some really good deer and moving cameras around and so it made me think about something and i actually pulled one out was looking at some of them and it brought back a lot of a lot of really cool memories about you know some of the deer that we've taken over the years and seeing them and 
It's like a baby you know, book for yeah, your deer. Yeah, in August, mm-hmm. in <laughs> August, and we killed, yeah, and we killed them in November and and stuff. Yeah, that's the other thing too. The rear key point because there's different phases of the season where I'm sure this will relate to a lot of hunters out there where they they're seeing these deer in the summertime here, then they disappear and they may show back up in December, you know, if they make it through gun season and everything else. Yeah. So it, that's what I was going to ask you earlier. If you see a lot of deer within your notes, like. Uh, show up for a pocket of maybe 10 days during like late October, then you don't see them again for a while. Uh, absolutely. We do. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's some deer that will stick around. Some deer will move, uh, you know, you know, because they're out, you know, cruising, looking for, for does or moving to another piece of property. And then later season, they show back up. A lot of that, what I've seen happen is depending on the crop cycle, that's, you know, if they're a food cycle, pretty much mm-hmm. uh, what they have there for food to eat. Because you know deer need food, cover, and water. That's the the three key components, and being able to make sure that if they're, whether it's corn one year, beans one year, and if you have a bigger piece of property that has both corn and beans, knowing if they're going to alternate mm-hmm. year to year, you know that's where that information is really become going to become valuable to you because those years when they do alternate, you'll have a head start on what the deer are doing. Yeah, yeah. Deer will. We'll, we'll follow that pattern. I mean, year to year, it's amazing yeah. how we compared year to year what the deer do and how, I mean, literally within a day or two of the date on the calendar. That's crazy. Yeah. You you see that it's just it's, by a crop rotation. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot to be learned there. So that, you know, going back to details of the details, yep. that's, that's literally a legit statement. I do mean, your homework. Yep. That's a you know I was kind of like man that's cool that'd be cool to have and then meanwhile I'm literally I take <laughs> notes on every podcast no it's on every you know what I mean yeah so it's like I'm making my own logs while I'm talking to people you know but and I don't know that's just that'll be neat I should keep these and there's, keep track of them yeah and, and literally I mean there's hey guys we interrupt this podcast to bring you an advertisement but wait. <laughs> Just listen. Please. We're sorry. I know we hate commercials. We hate them. Hey, listen. Just listen. You're here anyway. This isn't a commercial. It's a recommendation. It's a PSA. Oh, there we go. Yeah. We care about your hearing. That's right. We do. We work blue collar jobs, except for Doug. Um, hey, Doug. Uh, I still care about your hearing, though. We're going to use Eric as the poster boy for this segment real quick. Let's do it. Because Eric works in a race car shop, really. That's the best way to explain it. And uh, you're using... I mean, impact tools to grinding to welding to yeah. whatever. CNC, CNC machines running all day long. Not great for your hearing. No, not. It's bad. And listen, it's easy to not give a shit because I don't give a shit really a lot. But now I'm starting to care now that I have like a daughter with a really small voice. Right. And my wife has a really small voice. I'm always like, what? What? Huh? What? What? Um, the point of this, Isotune Sport um, right. is now partnered with us, which we are thankful for. Because if you're at work and you have to wear hearing protection, isotunes got has you covered there and bluetooth capable so you can listen to your podcast while at work while protecting your hearing um, i've been using mine on the mower because i have a lot of grass to mow and it's it's been amazing i used it the other day while putting it in big time plots on the tractor yep um i was u- using the isotune sport defy um the earmuffs right Yep, the earmuffs yep. completely protect your hearing. You can hear your music good. It's not overpowering. It's not blowing out your eardrums through the music. And you can almost still hear, like, you can hear the machinery run. So it's like protecting your hearing. You still hear machinery. So you kind of 
have like a sense of your surroundings and you can clearly hear music. Right. And it's nice too with the earmuffs. That's what I was using last night to cut down a tree with a chainsaw. So like as soon as that chainsaw revs up, it, it quiets the noise because I didn't have any music playing. So it quiets the noise. And then as soon as you let off, you can almost hear better. It like yeah. amplifies the noise around you. And you can control all that. There's buttons on the side. Yep. You can just reach up and control like basically to your liking. So you can still hear people talk if you don't have any yep. background noise going. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Or, you know, what you can do is you can act like you have music on and listen to people talk shit about you while you have them on. That's right. Mm. So That's right. there's that, too. Uh, isotunesport.com. That's code. What did I say? I forget. My code's WCB10. Save yourself some money. Check them out. We're really proud to have them as a partner. Back to the show. I'm, I'm, you know, I get blown away, too, by looking back at some of that, even farms that where I haven't had time to hunt. Because maybe, or or maybe I wasn't seeing a deer of the age structure that I thought was good. And then you go back and you check the cameras like, damn, I should have freaking hunted here, dude. Because right. we had a new buck show up or whatever. So, you know, a lot of people don't have the luxury of hunting a, a 200 acre or 400 acre piece of property. Yep. So you have to do the best with what you've got. Mm-hmm. I think you that's know? probably 95% of the people. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah that, I'm, not, I'm that person. Yeah. So so if it's a smaller track of property, you've got to optimize the best mm-hmm. scenarios, the best. you got to you know, try to present yourself with the best opportunity to be successful. Yep. And in order to do that, you have to know the property. So if you may have a property where the deer are somewhere in a mile away, but in, in late October and November – you're starting to get more deer pictures, more deer pictures. So that's when you know, and it's hard, so tough to do because you want to get in the woods and hunt. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You want to get in the woods and hunt. It's hard the best to thing to do, Yeah, the best thing to do is go hunt, but go hunt without your bow. Go hunt, go hunt, go find out what, where the deer are at. Go hunt with glass. Yep, go find, whether you're driving or find where the deer are at so you know, you know, how the deer are moving, whether it be a creek, whether it be a, a ridge line, whether it be, you know, whatever they're, you know, how they're, yeah, exactly. It could be whatever. Yep. Find the food, you know, drive around in the spring, see what fields are going to be what. Mm. Keep that mental note in your head. Your binos are your best friend. Exactly. And just, and just know that'll give you an idea of when you need to be in the timber mm-hmm. yep. and who's there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I th- a lot of things I think just over get overlooked, and then people get excited with social media stuff, and then it makes them do things they wouldn't normally do, or like they divert from their plan. It divert mm-hmm. from their plan for yeah. sure. That's a good point, but yeah, because of like pressure to, and I don't know, it's not everybody, but I feel like a lot of people are probably influenced. This like oh, I see so and so out, I need to go do it too. And, right. And well, it's kind of like last year when that cold front hit in October, and people were knocking them down really early. And it's like, like what Greg shit, said, like Greg I gotta get out there. Giant, that two thirty yeah. something giant op- October one opening day because he detailed his details yes. did his homework he yeah. knew exactly where that buck was going to be. But people see that and they're like, "I got to go now." Like, right? Well, that's yep. something I always did. I always I made game plans, did my homework, and then what I would do is I would basically create my game plan in my head. Well, then this is where I fall, like where I'm weak, and I, you know, my dad was my number one hunting buddy. You know, like mm-hmm. I'd call him and be like, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking." this deer's doing this, or I think this is doing this. And then it'd come in, you know, he'd be at my house or whatever. We'd be talking like, man, I don't know. I'm thinking about changing my plan. And he would always be like, no, stick with yeah. your game plan. Mm-hmm. You made that game plan because you made it for a reason. Th- there's because you had the homework. You had details to make yeah. the game plan. Now you're second guessing it. Don't second guess it. Stick yep. with your game plan. Yep. And he's so right. You know, yep. that's, 
and and half the time I would go with my last second sporadic like, but what if? Right. <laughs> and I don't know. That's just me being indecisive or not being 100 percent confident in my game plan. Which there's always the what if, always the what if. But I mean, there's you can't a, think of the what if. Right. That's right. But I find that it's hard to sometimes stick with it too. But I feel a lot more confident now in like my deer hunting abilities yeah. or like my game plans. Oh, yeah. You know how to efficiently well, do your homework more, especially once you have kids and all that. You learn oh, how to be for sure. I mean, time. your time's always limited, so it's just yeah. that's break it down. Break break it down. Okay, I've got this piece of the puzzle now. Okay, let me go out here again. If the deer are showing up in this field again, now I'm going to break it down to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Which way is the wind blowing? Which way is this? And now you can start to develop a pattern uh, to hopefully make you successful through the year another thing that i've used a lot of people have asked questions hunting over bean you know bean fields and stuff outside of early season and stuff um bean fields are are tricky because early season and summertime you're going to get a ton of pictures over deer Mm -hmm. and then if the farmer goes in and they're cutting beans you know there's not a whole lot there for them to eat so therefore they're going to move somewhere else Mm -hmm. so a lot of times you know based upon permission where i've been successful is when those beans start to turn yellow like they the leaves the the deer usually start to generate and move off of them whether it be on to acorns or or another food source i'll go in there with a you know some sort of usually a rice something that's going to germinate fairly easy mm-hmm. you know green green blend a sugar rush or or any type of you know broadleaf plant that's going to germinate easy a rye with some rye mixed in and i'll overseed that corner of the field when them beans turn yellow because what happens is that seed will fall down underneath them beans and then when they dry out the leaves will fall on top of the seed the farmer goes in and cuts they're pushing that seed into the ground yep. and then once it's once everything's cut boom now you got green growth yep you got green growth coming up there so there's something there for them and a lot of times i'm not going to say every time but a lot of times that can really spark that one shooter deer to go into that location because he doesn't have to travel far and it's and fresh he, yep, he's familiar he, with he it can go right there and and he'll feed in that corner whether it be by your stand or or put him in a place that, uh, interesting you know that's a pro tip man that is a pro i mean tip. that's uh <clears throat> i've never uh, done that yep and I've, I've been successful i've done a few it times in, doing that, in yeah. corn just because i'm limited on like food right. plot so i'll just go in between the corn rows and just start broadcasting it yep. with, a, with something that germinates easily, you know. Yep. Usually it just comes Ooh. up right between the rows. But, but see, corn, this. when they cut corn, what happens? You know, every cornfield, you know, no farmer is going to get every kernel of corn. Right. right. So deer out there feeding beans, I mean, they're cut down to the dirt. So you hope your farmer has a gleaner. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Nothing but gold. Yeah. Gold rain out the back. So it's right. like golden shower. Break, it just break down two rows in, get the whole field left. <laughs> Yeah, so I tried it one year, you know, on, on you know, uh, poor man's food plot pretty much. Was mm-hmm. just I went and got some just ryegrass, you know, just because I knew that it was going to get cold, wasn't going to wasn't gonna mature. It was just going to get up to about that three to four inches tall. And deer will eat the living crap out of ryegrass if you, you know, especially when it's, when it's that timbering. Right. It can well establish. But, and it's a, you know, it's a source for them just to go get that. You know that type yeah. of food, and, and whether it, and it could just be an area where they're staging before they go to their master food source. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and have know. to get them into that spot. And yeah, that, exactly. Get that yeah. appetizer, you know. Yeah, appetizer. Yeah. It's like a buffet. Yeah, it's like, like a, a buffet. buffet. 
I like it. That's a that's a good tip, man. I should probably try doing that, especially mm-hmm. in areas that I can't like till up or do something like that. Mm-hmm. That's so. most of my areas. Up, I can't get in there. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking something. You just care if I go to the bathroom? Yeah, rock oh, it, man. Do it. That's what I was wondering if you're getting Ryan's that. No, you got to hold pee. it. Should we take a pee break? I kind of got a pee, too. Do you? Yeah. We can take right. a pee break. You guys going in there together? Might. Sword fighting? Pee fight? Ooh. Ooh. No. Ooh. We'll keep rocking. Don't okay. break the rule. Yeah, there's one rule at the studio, and you only find out the rule if you come here and read the sign. That's right. Yeah, just don't do it. Don't yeah. break it. Don't ever do it. Don't. Ever. One rule. You'll never come in. You'll never come back. Ever. Did you see, never be invited back. Ever. Did you see <laughs> J- Judd's uh, video today on the rules of the studio? I haven't, no. <laughs> I don't even. It's just funny. I I got my uh, phone running a camera here. I, I don't know. I could probably. Should, you know, but anyway, basically, the rules of the studio are it's a Crocs and Socks facility. I don't. I don't even know what it's. it's it was kind of like a. Um, I don't know where he comes up with half that like, shit. Like it's a funny. flight attendant. Like these are the rules of the plane video. Oh, <laughs> and it was just if you break the rules in the studio, we're gonna kick you in the head and then smother you in molasses and dress you up like Ted Nugent, put you out front for the locals to take care of. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely random. It's like okay, throw you in a zebra striped bronco, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why I was hoping you're gonna bring your limo out and park it out front. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know, it's in the shop. <laughs> Get the footprint gas pedal installed. I'm gonna take a whiz. Big respect yep. the game. Yeah, freaking RTG limo. limo. So uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I, w- I was gonna bring up too. Ross. Yeah, I wish he was here. How did dude? He's a working man. Ross. Oh, Ross. Hey, can we? Since nobody dissed out, dissed out on Larry Matt coming here. I'm, he hadn't been around in a few weeks, honestly. Though he's he hasn't been working, he's been working his tail off. Hey, can, yeah. since nobody's listening, oh, can I ask you a question? Yeah, do you run the uh, Ross Biggers Beard Instagram page? Uh, actually, I am not at liberty to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> but well, no I do. Listening. I do run his the Ross Bigger Beard Oil page. Beard Oil page. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Well. It is. We're trying to grow it. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we. I haven't, found, I haven't found this page yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because we haven't have. We don't have a stash page yet. Oh, oh boy. Totally different. It's a totally different blend of oil. Dude, you better make that right now because as soon as this podcast airs, our listeners going to make that. Yeah, time. I swear. <laughs> I swear. If that page gets more followers than I have, I'll be, I'll be pissed about it. <laughs> I bet you. You better hurry up and crown that Larry on your way home tomorrow. <laughs> well, because by well, the time this airs, you could already have that yeah. page made. Oof. Talk about Ross, man. I love Ross. He's, you know, I actually filmed, I had the pleasure of filming Ross. He went on a bear hunt with us years ago and, and filmed Ross. Mm, that Cree River, right? Uh, actually, mm. that was one of them. We went to another camp in Saskatchewan where he killed his first bear. And uh, I believe it was his first bear anyway. But we were in the tree together. And, yeah, we, we had a heck of a time. And yeah. I got to film kill a stud bear. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we had a we just had a grand old time. <laughs> whenever, whenever we the, like the footage of his Cree River bear is insane. Yeah, the one especially, where he's on the ground. Yeah, especially when you realize that like you can't see in that footage that he is him and Jason basically got in between him and a sow. Yeah, you can't see that the sow is right behind them the whole time with cubs up in the tree, and they're pretty much sidestepping that bear the whole that. The whole time, like it's crazy. You're gonna, you're either gonna go through us, or we're gonna get you before you get to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell Ross something to see, man. It, it was, it was awesome. I tell yeah. him to pull up that footage 
on every time we're at yeah. his man cave. You guys got to get out and see his man cave. Yeah, yeah no it's, doubt. Uh, his 200 he shot last year, his 202, he got it replica so the replica will actually be here at the studio eventually. Oh, here. awesome, man. So that, cool. That'll be like when I was saying we don't have a lot of the deer heads hanging. It's going to be the Geyerbuck replica, which is the buck my dad shot, yeah. and then Ross's 200 are going to be like the centerpieces, and we're going to hang everything basically then my 200 from this year <laughs> what's, what's up hey i hope you do break man. out that orange Dude, be awesome. that orange yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Eating the orange. you want that orange don't you have, <laughs> we told, have we told the story of the whiskey bottle on the podcast yet i think we did we did the mr boston's or whatever the hell it's called mr boston yeah eric said so for people who don't know so we had this old bottle in the studio that i found on this this guy I worked for his farm his family farm we'd always go out there when he needed some money and scrap some old farm equipment or something and there's an old barn there. It's like, hey, go up in the hay mound. His mom had a little bit of a drinking problem. <laughs> so she would hide, she would hide booze Sweet up there. Lady, and goes, go, yeah. He's like, go up there and just kick around. You might find a couple bottles. And I don't know how many we pulled out, five or six or something up there. But that one's special because it's old Mr. Boston, still sealed, and it's got three oranges in it from 1971. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I mean, you can tell they're oranges, but yeah. they're fermented yeah they are definitely <laughs> they are fermented. fermented i can't believe they did that like does any has any other whiskey company ever done that it's wild like, right put actual fruit in it seems like well, a risky move i guess like the old smoky doesn't like their moonshine you know they got the yeah that's true shit. yeah but i mean what are the chances <laughs> of one of those being i hope, around I hope someday years? get a witness eric drink that <laughs> hey there's three of them in there you said well we did what you said doug was if one, what I so, said, what you said was, <laughs> if you kill a two hundred incher, we're all drink, we're all eating one of the mornings. Did I say that? That's what you said. I think so. I better kill two. Shut Everyone up. has to eat one except the guy who killed the two hundred incher. No, he definitely has to eat one. Ooh, I like that. I'm gonna try really hard to kill a two hundred incher this year. Then I want to taste one of the oranges. If you, you'd be one of the very few. That's people. when uh, we all put our keys. <laughs> Lock them away because no one can drive home. If you take a bite of that, you take a bite of that, take a bite of that orange, you're passing out in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Run straight to the toilet. Yeah. Well, you'd be one of the few people on the planet Earth that say they ate an orange from, from the 1971. 70s. From the 70s. Well, as old as Larry. <laughs> what the? <laughs> well, that's just uncalled for. I need that on a sound pad button. That song just yeah. preloaded. Uh -huh. I, if I had long enough arms, I'd reach over and slap the shit right out. Of <laughs> <laughs> it with hey, a sign. Hey, he'll do it. Too. That's why. Eric, hey, that's, that, why Eric that's, made why, that's why I made this yeah, table made, wider. That's why yeah. table. I knew he was coming. <laughs> you know coming. I knew he was gonna slap the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks we're gonna get spicy. Hey, I got your fly. Curls Did you get her? face? No, I almost got it's it on your hat. Oh, is it? It is. Get it. Get it. Smack, Smack your hat. Smack him. Oh, come on! Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Oh, 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 dude, dude, double longer. <laughs> Carries that hat. Is he down? Is yeah. he down? Is he yeah, down? He's down. He's hey, down. Hey, we, we can't use the hat now. I mean, it's yeah. done for him. But yeah, yeah, that's a one blade hat. <laughs> Look at that. That's the first thing that's ever died during a podcast. In studio. <laughs> in studio. It was a freaking booner, too. It hey. was, too. Could have put season? a saddle on that son of a bitch and run him around here. The <laughs> season's already killing it, man. Yeah. That mm -hmm. was impressive. We got him. This is Ryan's year. Yep. You're in. Right there. He's Behind just, the camera. You're that guy, pal. <laughs> you're that <Yeah>. guy, pal. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you right now. Ryan is one of those guys I'm like, I'll be like, all right, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to film you tonight. He's like, no, you're not. 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, I am. No, you're not. Usually, any other camera guy, yeah. like, really? Yeah, really? like I can do that. Yeah. yeah, no, which is which is. I mean, he loves it. He's passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, passionate about you know capturing stuff behind the lens, but but too, I'm passionate about going out and sharing the experience and making sure that everybody's you know getting a feel of uh, you know what, what nature has to offer. I guess. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, because last year in Nebraska, it was uh, – uh, well, I'll tell the story real quick, I guess. Mm, I guess. <laughs> hey, we have time. Yeah, we have time. <laughs> no, we, so we went and we we set up some trail cameras and we're, you know, just basically off of aerial maps, you know, mm-hmm. looked and we were getting pictures of pretty good deer in full velvet and literally – You guys hunting whitetails out there Yeah, last we year? were hunting whitetails and, and – so we go in there, and it was super, super hot one day. And I mean, like 101. Oof. I mean, just a scorcher. Miserable. So we were like, ah, we're not going to go hunt this evening. And we put a cell camera up there. We had like one bar of service. And I'm like, man, well, I hope it sends any photos and stuff. All of a sudden, bing, you know, bing, about bing. six, you know, right, right, probably, you know, plenty of shooting light left. Bzz, phone vibrates. Shit. I'm like and it's the freaking buck right there i mean he's right there broad daylight and we're like are you kidding me man there's no way so the next day we don't even look at the weather you know we, we go we're going we're like out. we're going i don't care if it's 109 we're freaking going <laughs> yeah yeah so we go we climb up in a tree and i'm telling you the bottom dropped out the temperature dropped front moved in and it's probably 30 mile an hour winds and we are freezing our little gonads off. I mean, <laughs> like, didn't expect oh, hot it's crazy. It is absolutely, I mean, windy, cold. We're not, definitely not dressed for it. And we're like, well, there ain't no way we're seeing anything tonight because it was that bad. So we're just sitting there, you know, shooting the shit and talking and laughing and everything else. And Ryan looks over and he's like, holy crap. There he is. There he is. And we look and see. I just caught a glimpse of his antler. And it's windy, so windy. I'm literally, I got my toe wrapped around the tree. Ryan's like, are you good? I'm like, well, I don't know about that. But but, but I was like, like yeah. Have like, you ever I, hung a stand and like oh. you thought the tree was pretty stable? Yeah. And then you got up there and it was windy and you're like, oh, yeah, this is not good. Right, right. This is not good. Like I looked over. He's got his arm wrapped around the tree next to us. Trying oh, to shit. stabilize the camera because he was swinging so far. <laughs> yeah. And I got my foot out, literally wrapped around, and my my toe is around the tree to try to keep it from bouncing back and forth. Veteran camera yeah. man move. <laughs> right, using and, other trees to stabilize uh-huh. the whole other tree. Right? Yep. Yeah, the deer walks out, and I'm like, he's like, you on him? I was like, I got him. And he shoots, unfortunately just right over his back which it happens uh and then couldn't have been at like a better spot like when you range spots and you're like okay that's exactly 20 yards that's exactly 30 yards yeah he walked right to the spot where it was exactly 30 yards and it's one of those moments where i just could not get the pin to come down oh i was like it was sitting on his back and i just could not get it to go down and with the wind i was like 
Fighting yep, it. You're there fighting it is. It. Yeah, and yeah. I let it go. And as soon as I went to hit that trigger, like I knew, you're like, oh fuck, uh, like, I, uh, it, it came back up. It just so, felt bad. Yeah. yeah right as soon as I let go, I was like, I missed. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Better than a wound. But yeah. Better than a wound. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So <laughs> we're we're sitting there, you know, pissing them on about that and and all that. And I'm like, man, it's it's fine, you know. You know, it's deer hunting. Well, you know, there's plenty of deer out there. We'll we'll go find find one or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll come back or whatever later and we'll shoot him two or three days from now. Yeah. So there's another deer we're getting pictures of and and he was using the same exact literally the same exact pattern that this deer was and the next day was well, Two days later, right? It was the next day. It was the next day. Yep. Okay, so the next day we went in and we're like, there's no way, you know, two days in a row we're mm-hmm. going to have a buck come in there. Well, that would be three days in a row, right? Because didn't he come out the yeah. night oh, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was daylight the day before, yep. Yep, so that had been three days in a row, but while we were in the tree. So we we get up there, and we're sitting there, and I'll be damned, deer comes out comes walking down same exact spot same exact spot and walks right down pattern getting ready to go over to a big bean field to feed and he walks literally the same exact spot where he met <laughs> and i tell you what when my mind was playing tricks on me when that pin was still sitting on his spine like i could not get it to go down i'm glad he stood there for a really long time and let me settle that back thing back down because it was just in my head then. Like I kept on yeah, thinking, right. like, it's like a block do not at that point. aim high. And then that pin was like, you're aiming high. <laughs> right. I can tell you, like, mine was just playing tricks on me. And finally, it came back down. And once I settled in, that's where he's like, Larry, push, push my bow down. Yeah, Larry's just walking around the camera with, yeah. his, with your toe. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's different for me. Like we were talking about the other day. Like I have to have time yeah. to settle myself in because if I don't get rid of it and. 0.5 seconds after that my mind starts playing tricks on me and i want to i want to get away from where i want to aim and i have to like concentrate my brain to just calm down yeah, and yeah, even even yeah. when i'm shooting at a target i have to that first initial time i get that pin on that spot it starts to dance a little bit and then i have to tell myself hey slow down Make move it back down and then when, after that i can hold it there for a long long time and really work on myself but that's yeah. what they say hunting is a mental game uh-huh. how long, it, it really really is when you shoot at a deer larry if you have your pen like how what's your like thought for like how long are you aiming how how what's uh, my thought press goes right into killing get rid of it yeah you're you're I'll, getting rid of that arrow i mean as quick as that's you can. just me i'm i'm one of those that's if my pen's there I'm gonna send it. I mean, I listen to Ryan. Any, way, anyone though. in the future that is ever filming Larry, if it is not me, get on the deer because <laughs> he is that. let like he is in straight kill mode. He's gonna get rid of it. Like you, you'll it's recognize going. the tendencies Larry has. He'll settle in. It's like a boom, boom. He'll settle <laughs> that in that last third time and. That arrow is gone. gone. Yeah. I mean, that's gone. Pin, like once that pin gets wind, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gone. See, I feel I don't know. I feel like I take a little bit of time, but I don't know if it's my adrenaline kind of like slowing things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like yeah. ultra focused and it feels like it's longer than it is, but I don't know. I don't it feels like it's three it's hours. Easy. It's easy it to get wrapped up in that moment. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it's super, it yeah. really is. I mean, there's times that I do like consciously I'm listening to because of the filming aspect of it. I know, you know, if Ryan says no, which we'll tell that story about Dagger here in just a second, but that, that, was the, that was the only time. But the uh, uh, 
but I said no, Bo. No, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said go, Bo. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I'll listen if he says no. Then it, it kind of tells you know I'll you know I'll definitely you know let down or listen at that point. But if it's go time and I know the situation, okay, I know he's got a clear shot, yeah, or whatever. I mean, I'm my mind goes into. I mean, honestly, straight kill mode. I'm, kill that I'm deer. Like my, my, yeah, my pin is is usually on on that deer prior to, depending on the situation. And like, if I stop him, it's there. I'm usually there's not going to be a lot lot of time. I've had, I've just there's been a lot of situations where I've whatever bleeded that deer and they've you know come out of their skin. That's you know, a worry. That worries you know, me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it has to do with the distance in between where the deer is. But when you bleed them and, and bleed at them to stop them mm-hmm. and, and all that, I mean, every situation is different. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of my my pins there. It's like I know. It's kind of like instinctive shooting too. You know, mm-hmm. guys that shoot. You know, look at Austin. You know, Austin will tell you too. You know, you know, you look at where you want to hit. That's where you focus on. Let her rip. Yeah, you know, yeah. some people will, will point, and, and really, your pin seems to gravitate to that position. Mm-hmm. Once you're in that focal range, I mean, it's you know, when you're focused on okay, the deer's cord away, and I need to hit the you know middle rib so it exits behind the front shoulder on the opposite side or right or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just total mental game. It's, it's literally just focused in on that. But yeah, I, I will say too, like it's it's fun filming a producer because honestly, most of the time he doesn't have I don't have to do. He knows what I'm looking for, even though he's hunting. Right. So he doesn't put me in very many situations where I have to call him off because he knows, like, oh, I can't shoot there because you don't have a window there. Right. You know, he's pretty. He's pretty keen on what I got he's behind not the lens. Thinking about the, the yeah. animal and everything, he's thinking yeah. about you also. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He 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 sees through the lens more than he does when he's actually hunting. Right. Right. So it makes it easy. That my probably job. helps a lot. Yeah, it makes my job yeah. easy a lot of times. Yeah, I can imagine. It's a good. You guys kind of have like a dream team when it comes to producing yeah. a show. Yeah. The, Filming a producer is nice. The dynamic. Yeah. Duo. Versus you get one yeah. of us, we're just like. I'm killing that. We're just yeah. out there. You're, you're on him, right? Okay. Not record yet. So I mentioned that. Dagger earlier. Dagger yeah. is a deer I killed actually with a crossbow. Uh, shoot, it was two or three years ago. Anyway, it was a deer that, I mean, this deer was ancient. He was old, had a real goofy side. And we. I had so much history with this deer over the years, but I'd never seen the deer on the hoof. I had, I mean, hundreds of trail cam photos of this deer. Mm-hmm. And this deer just had my number. Never seen the deer on the hoof. So literally, we we hung a set on the Ryan's total opposite, laughing. Total opposite side of the farm, where it's like we ain't gonna see shit over here. You know, it's like we don't ever see shit over here. I'm like, well, dude, that's you know, this, we ain't seen him over there either. So yeah, and this is you know? the first time he's ever invited me to this place to yeah. film him too. So this is the so, first time I'm seeing yeah, it. So, so, we, so we go over there. We we get set up. And I'm like, all right, here we are, and and I look over. And the trail camera we have down to cell camera, it's about, I don't know, what was it? Probably, it was probably 80 to 100 yards down the ridge on this bend where this trail comes up out of the bottom. Mm-hmm. And my phone goes off, and we ain't seen shit all night, you know. We're <laughs> like, you know, it's like, we ain't seen shit all night. So we're sitting there. I'm like, holy crap. It's dagger, you know. So by the time the trail camera sent the photo and stuff, 
He's already out. he's on top of you probably. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh shit! Dude, Dagger just walked in front of that camera yeah, five minutes like, ago. Ryan's like deer. <laughs> so I look up. And this deer is just sitting around. He's freaking eating acorns, just taking his own sweet little time. Yeah, yeah. Coming down the side of this ridge, all and I pull up my glasses. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Dagger, it's Dagger, it's dark. And Ryan's like, <laughs> Ryan's thinking. <laughs> Who the hell's dagger? You know, and all and all this, and then You're he, out there gets up, Plato he gets up. He uh-huh. and I'm like, dude, and I'm like, it's dagger, and that's pretty much what Ryan said. It's dark, <laughs> and I was like, all right, uh, uh, what time is it? I looked at the watch. I was like, all right, we got like five minutes before legal shooting light. He's like, dude, we're in the deep part in this big valley, so it gets dark soon. You have no we're, camera light. Yeah, no camera light. No camera Camera light's gone, and we got like five minutes of shooting light left, and this deer is literally standing at 18 yards. And is he, I look up at Ryan, and I'm, I look at him, he's like, and I go, bump the gain. <laughs> Do whatever I'm you like, can. Dude, I'm like, <laughs> zoom I out. am going to, I was like, zoom out or whatever. He's like, I, yep, I have. I have. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did that as well. <laughs> I was like, shit. I just let down because I was a full draw. I was ready. Like, I was in full send mode. I was like, I am going to kill Dagger right now. That's the and then only time he I've told me that. Him, like, I was cussing like, under his breath. Like, yeah. <laughs> he just like, everything I, in the yeah. book. So I let the bow down and just hung it up. And, the, and we sat there in the dark. And he walks up literally 10 yards from the tree. I mean, puts on a show. Rank, he starts making uh, seem clear uh, as day with yeah. the eyes. Right. I mean, he's just right there. I was yeah. like, screw that camera, dude. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it, so it. we let him walk off. So anyway, we go in there like two <laughs> days later. Man. Two You're days later. Man. Two days later, we go into the same set because the wind's right, and we get set up, and it's literally, per. I mean, probably middle afternoon. We got in there fairly early, and. I looked down the ridge just out of the blue, and I'm like, I caught a little movement. And I was like, what the hell? That looks like a deer. And I throw my binos up and look, and I was like, holy crap, that's dagger again. And Ryan's probably like, yeah. who the hell is that deer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ryan's like, where's he at? And I was like, he's down the bottom, you know. And he was probably 150 yards in. And I am not kidding you. It was like it was meant to be. The deer turned. I mean, he was totally headed the wrong direction, and the deer just turned. Came up the ridge? Came right up the ridge on a string and turned sideways on the trail, and I'm like, okay. And so I had a uh, tactic cam on my on the top of the crossbow. It was the first deer I ever killed with a crossbow. And I was like, I forgot to turn it on. And this deer standing, I mean, he walks all the way up to like 12 yards and he turns broadside right there. And I'm like, holy cow, are you serious? You know, is this really happening? So I realize I'm like, got the crosshair right on him. I'm like, I look up, I'm like, crap, the tactic cam's not running. <laughs> so I was like, reach up, I'm like, turn it on. At 12 yards. Yeah, at 12 <laughs> yards. I'm like, reach up, turn it on. Ryan's like, what are you doing? You're bitching me out the night before. Because, yeah, right. You know, because he's right there. I'm like, all right, now now I'm all about, we got to get every foot, piece of footage. <laughs> right, right. yeah. yeah. I'm a change you know, man. I'm a change so, man. Uh-huh. So I reached over, turned the tag cam on, and, and luckily I got away with it. And, and, and I ended up smoking him. But yeah, it was, I was like, but, but wow. that's what's so crazy is because we had, 
Literally, of that deer in particular, we had, I don't know how many trail cam photos of that deer over the course of probably three and a half years. And never, never seen him on the Never hook. seen him on the Isn't that crazy? It is. This is nuts that the deer can do that. Yeah. You know? That's what yep. makes him so cool, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I think. Or, you know, that's what's cool about you freak out when you see one like right. that. When you, and you know it's him. Yeah. 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 And that's the prime example right there. That buck right there with mature deer on the farm. I was just as jacked up about killing that deer. Ain't going to score worth a shit. But just the because history. of the history we yeah. had with, in that story, I knew, you know, yeah. the, HR knowing, I was like, man, I was so jacked up just to free, just to run an arrow through that deer and actually lay my hands on that deer makes it way awesome. way cool. Yeah, you know, it makes just, it worth it. It was just cool. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm t- I would have shot that deer the first night. Heartbeat. I was too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not committed to a camera, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but man, if I got like a, a 170 buck comes in, I'm like trying to make a show. I'd be the worst guy to have on a TV show. Now. Yeah, if we had a dollar all- for every time a deer come in when we couldn't get it on camera and we killed it. We'd be Sitting yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Ain't no kidding. Strong-willed. Strong willed. I mean, tough. you know, if the, if yell at me later, <laughs> if, if working class bow hunter was a hunting show, maybe we'd commit a little different, but we'd be a terrible hunting show. We probably. would. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. The thing is, though, is, is <laughs> terrible. Oh, but we'd be the worst. There's, <laughs> oh, you guys did pretty good. Nebraska was, was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. You guys we're naturals, do. but, you know. Yeah, yeah we, we're naturals. It is what it is. We have yeah. killed some deer and turkeys, and we've killed stuff on film. Uh-huh. But I just mean, when you get us in a situation like that. Film over deer. Oh. Film yeah. over deer. Well. I'm deer or film. I'm, I'm deer every time. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, it depends. If we go out and we're, for some reason, it's like, hey, we're going on this trip, and Ryan, you're going with Kurt. Then I'd probably be like, all right, well, this is different now. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, let you me know? tell you, I'll, we're going to change the game up a little bit on turkeys. This year, I mean, obviously, you know, people know the turkey situation around the country. Turkeys were down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Populations were down. It's all over the internet, all over every, everything, you know. But we went to Kansas and early season for the archery opener. Mm. And... <laughs> mm. And... I was like, we're going to do something a little bit different. I said, I'm going to grab my layout blind, which is what you hunt waterfowl out of. <laughs> like geese. <laughs> like geese and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, I go out. I actually put the layout blind right in the middle of decoys. And <laughs> of turkey decoys. It yeah. worked. Oh. And yeah. so much better than I thought it would on paper. Yeah. Oh. So people think you're going to be laid down and draw your bow back because we were bow hunting. So you're putting out a spread of like like your goose hunting. No, we put out like just a regular you know a strutter and a couple hens, you know. <laughs> and, but I literally have a strutter like literally four yards, five yards from my feet. And you're bow hunting, bow hunting. So oh, I'm boy. literally sitting there, Laying in there. a wheat field, <laughs> with no. Well, I'm just sitting up because it's got a back, and I don't I don't even tuck all the way down to the layup line. I'm just right. sitting there. I've got a bow pot on my bow sitting between my legs. And we have this Tom come in. We start calling. This Tom comes in. and Are you in a layout blind also? No. no he's, I, he's filming from behind me. This will be on a, on a show coming up. And <laughs> dude, dude, it's cocky. Oh, it'll, it is it's cocky. cocky. It, it was, yeah. Oh, it, it was. I'm like, I have never been so amped up on a turkey in my entire life. <laughs> so your bow's in a bow pod? Like, so yeah, pretty right much. Between, right, like, literally sitting, like, right between my legs. I'm just sitting there, <laughs> laid down, just like this, and just sitting up, 
bullpen. I got a mask on, hat, sitting there. Decoy is literally from me to you. No literally, kidding. Me to, uh, literally from me to you. So when you draw, did you have to pick up the bow off the ground? Well, hold on. Just oh, sorry. I'm, get, I'm getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting excited. So this bird comes in. We see some hens come over the hill. And this bird, Tom's falling. So I start calling, right? And the t- hens, are they turn around beeline right to me. Mm-hmm. And here comes the Tom. The hen, I'm sitting there like this, and I'm like, should I pick up my bow or what? Because the Tom's like doing that little waddle. I'm coming into the decoy rope. Yeah, I'm like, a badass. Oh, boobies yeah. flopping off. The yeah. shuffle. <laughs> so the hens like literally stand right here, and she just starts going, I'm like, I, and you could probably hear me, Mike. Like, what the hell? Well, it was like one of those moments where, like, when you're behind the camera, you can, you don't realize how close everything is. You're just right. you're looking at the screen, and then I looked out behind, and I'm not kidding. The hen is from I mean, like she's is like, Doug, and Larry's sitting here in the blind. Yeah. I mean, she's three feet outside yeah. the blind, just looking right at Larry, going, dop, 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 yeah. Dop, yeah. Dop, yeah. Dop, yeah, and that Tom just stops, comes in the full truck strut. Comes around and I'm just sitting there and I got my hand right there through the bow sling around the grip. I'm just sitting there and I'm calling real soft. He comes around, starts whooping the crap of the decoy. And I'm talking jumping the decoy to the point to where the decoy starts spinning. And I thought he was going to fall off the decoy. And he'll out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just sitting like, holy crap. And dude, my heart's just going. Oh, I can't even imagine at that point. Well, so he spins around. I'm sitting there like this, and the the turkey finally goes around the decoy, quits whooping, and starts going around the decoy. And once he gets around, I come. I actually made it to full draw. I'm like, number one, I couldn't believe I made it to full draw. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. And then, second of all, I totally rushed my shot and missed that something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I literally. Uh, I mean, I missed that. I missed that turkey. I am not kidding you. By I bet three feet. Just got excited because it was so much. I, I oh, was okay. so worked up. I don't feel it as was, bad as my miss now in Nebraska. Yeah, it was bad. No, I mean, it was bad. right. You're just pretty bad. It was <laughs> right there. He legit. He turned around. And he looked at me and he's like, "Hmm." He's yeah. like, "I did everything you're not supposed to. I rushed my shot. I punched the trigger." I didn't put my head down on the string. He's like, everything you shouldn't do when you shoot a bow, I did. I did it all. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, said. I did I it all. He's like, I, I ain't even mad about it. Well, it's yeah. got to be so intense that you're not thinking oh, clearly. It, it, oh, was, yeah. it, it was. It's it was impressive absolutely awesome. to get by all them hens and everything. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I, I'm pretty excited funny. for people to see it because the footage is absolutely <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's, I mean, like I said, in a layout blind in the middle field. And to boot, the next day we go out, and this is no kidding. I've we set up in the layout line again. I got the decoys out. A group of Jakes. We start calling to them. They come in and they come right in. And I'm like sitting there. I start calling. They're gobbling like at my feet. Yeah, just like that. I have got two hours of footage at them within ten yards of that layout line, gobbling right at him. Yeah, no kidding. They're they there would not to the, leave to the point to where they would go leave. I start calling. They come back. Uh, <laughs> so they bedded down in the in the deal. So I get my phone out, FaceTime Paul Biggs, <laughs> and I'm in a layout blind. And these turkeys are literally laying there, laying there. Uh-huh. These Jakes. And I'm like, Hey Jake, Hey Jake, Hey Jake. And Paul's like, 
where in the hell are you hunting at? I was like, I have no idea. But I'm just telling you, if you shotgun hunt or bow hunt or whatever, that may be a tactic to try. If you got those birds with a shot with a shotgun, that'd be yeah, it worked. Oh, dude, if you're if you got those birds that are just out in the middle of the field and you're like you're watching for three days, like that asshole will not move. He just stands out there. Yeah. I just watch him out in the middle of the field. Get a layup line, go out in the middle of the field, wait on him. I might, I might buy a tag to try. Just to that. try that. It, it really worked so much better than I ever thought it would. Do you have any of this footage with you tonight? Uh, maybe. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got to watch we, we some, yes. some hey, of that. I, I don't want to forget this because I know people heard on previous podcasts, but you're talking about, you know, it's on, on an upcoming episode. If someone's like, I really want to watch that, where can they watch it? Uh, Respect the Game TV. You can watch on Sportsman's Channel Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern. Uh, or no, no, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, or you can go to YouTube. You can also go to MOTV. MOTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Or just ask us. Shit. We'll 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 show it to you. Hell yeah. Well, <laughs> I just how to show it to you. Right. Yeah. To send, to send you a link. Yeah. yeah. I, I I wanted to cover that. You know because I, I'm I like the show a lot. I think yeah. you guys do a great job. It's cool that we know you guys. That always helps too. You know. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, my boy Larry on TV. That's my boy. <laughs> You're my, my boy, boy Blue. <laughs> my boy Blue. Lorenzo. Larry will have to start introducing himself. You know, Larry Mack, Split the Game TV Outdoor Group. I run the uh, Doug's and Mustache Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I'll show my kids that when I'm older. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm older. That was my mustache. We need to get some memes from our listeners saying, I'm going to tell my kids this was Dale Earnhardt. They have a picture <laughs> yeah. of you. Right. This is a picture of me. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> tell my kids this was Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Close enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah kind of. About, what, what, four inches short? <laughs> plus, or mi- plus or minus. Or more. <laughs> or more. No, no. Easy. Or more. Or more. Let's not spread incorrect rumors. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> it was a test. I wanted to see how you'd react. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys coming into the studio, man. It was a lot of fun. I'm mm-hmm. glad I finally got to do an in studio podcast. And not, I mean, they're fun at trade shows. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but right. it's, this is just different. It's a better oh, yeah. feel. It's fun to hang out before you know, get to talk, and then hang out after, and not feel like normally like one of us has to go run off and do something or. You know, there's people coming by the booth, which is, you know, it's fun recording there. Just absolutely you know, not the same as being here and being able to like legitimately tell stories like that, you know? Right. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you, like I said, I've I, obviously I follow you all on social media. And number one, thank you for having us. But to see the studio firsthand has, has definitely been an experience. And to see the hard work you all put into this, that making this platform grow. Uh, number one, we're Elite Archery's proud to have you all as a partner respect the game is as well you're part of our family as well so we look forward to to more podcasts and also more hunts together yeah hopefully some camp podcasts here in the future we have never always fun never shared a hunting camp with you guys so we gotta make that happen yeah we're gonna make that happen i vote vote antelope camp soon i I, Mm -hmm. I like antelope man i'll tell you right now oof that'd be fun i just feel like a lot of animals and a lot of action i wish i had a a button i took care of your button for you yeah you don't need button i'm dry but no man we're super thankful to have a and slick trick and i mean we shoot scott releases and all that we're fans of pretty much everything outdoor group puts out and the people behind it and everybody's been great so we appreciate your guys' friendship first and then you know partnerships and all that and good people 
it, it's been amazing so yeah 100 likewise it's uh you know we appreciate you all as well and we look forward to uh you know to the future you know the industry is headed the right direction i think more hunters are are getting more involved in the outdoors obviously tag sales and stuff have been up through multiple yep. states through the draws and i mean that means we're out there we're getting our message out there and i think all the listeners need to you know help do their part as well you know if they can yep. get somebody out there take them hunting oh let's do it you know we can grow it all together mm-hmm. definitely agreed uh where can people follow you guys respect the game dot tv you can go to instagram respect the game facebook respect the game uh also you know larry mack at instagram ryan has got an instagram as well ryan hoiser h-e-u-s-e-r it's not hauser it's hoiser i say i say hauser <laughs> however you want to say it yeah yeah or so i just had to uh throw that out there so yeah but yeah just come follow us if you've got questions or anybody has questions about you know anything they're both set up it doesn't matter whether you're shooting a lead or not i mean the shootability challenge too one thing we didn't cover is it's not about haying saying hey you have to buy an elite it's basically all it's saying is if you're in the market for a new bow let elite be a part of that conversation just shoot one yeah go shoot one you decide for yourself Mm -hmm. that's all it is it's like a pair of pants Uh, everyone fits different right that's that's exactly right Mm -hmm. you know we want every archer to be comfortable and be happy Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah so regardless of the brand get out there shoot your bow i like that man honest and and real and uh, you know if you've been wondering about one we get a lot of questions go shoot one Mm -hmm. find find a dealer support your local dealer that's right and we got a discount code WCB shipped to a local dealer from Elite's website. Support sure. everybody. Whammy. Supports us. Supports Elite. Support it's a win-win, man. It's a- <laughs> I think that's a positive note to end on. It is. Appreciate you, fellas. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.